When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. This is Mornings with Ian Smith. Morena, New Zealand. Good morning to you. 903 here on SENZ. The next three hours we shall have a fascinating show for you as we get through to midday. Uh, Tony Lamborn joins us first. Of course, Tony playing for the Southland Stags, but uh, more importantly, he has been captain of the USA Eagles, so he'll know exactly what to expect and what it means uh, for them to be playing this uh, all-black side uh, that has just been named, and we'll have that uh, again for you very shortly too. Uh, Tom Latham, uh, of course, black cap and uh, Canterbury opening batsman, wicketkeeper as well. Uh, he'll join us at uh, around 9.32. Uh, the Plunkett Shield starts tomorrow, and for me, that's a uh, signal that summer is here. And then the man, the man, our man, sends SENZ's man, Stephen Donald. He'll be with us just after 10 o'clock this morning to relive the kick. The kick that became the, the kick of all time. Became a bloody movie. What the hell? Uh, Ross Carl and Glenn Lama. Ross Carl and Glenn Lama uh, will be on the panel this morning. Uh, and then we'll go to uh, Narelle Sindos. And now Narelle Sindos is going to fill us in on everything to do um, with the Football Ferns, who've got two great matches coming up against Canada, and of course the Women's Phoenix. So, I mean, there's plenty going on in women's football. And Michael Guerin, uh, Michael Guerin in that last hour as well, uh, to talk about pacing, harness racing over the weekend. Sport is our religion, and here is Smithy's sermon. Well, the sermon is a little terse and surly this morning because it's anniversary day in the Bay, and he has to go to work. Not that he's missing much, to be fair, because the show has been canned again. Another iconic event nipped in its blossomy bud. Blossomy, is, is that even a word? It should be if it's not. It sounds good. <laughs> so there'll be no hot dogs dripping with Wattie's tomato sauce. No dog trolls. No candy floss. No show jumping. No steak sandwiches with onions. No Ferris wheels. Taste the bay, ghost trains or hot chips with more Wattie's sauce. In no particular order, of course, but you get the picture. It's pretty depressing. The sermon can't sleep in either, so in protest, he won't be doing the lawns or the gardens, or washing the cars. Mrs. Sermon, she can sing for her breakfast in bed, and this weekend, she will get fewer assists than Stephen Adams. Someone's <laughs> gone to the bother of opening the local boozer, so the, the old sermon thought he might just show his appreciation by visiting a little earlier than usual. He can take in another shield challenge tomorrow in the famous Cox Plate. 
a half full round of NPC and watch if he wants the All Blacks bathing the Eagles. The sermon had success at golf yesterday. He took money off a couple of suckers, but he's not playing well at the moment. You see, his swing is the same as it once was, but his body shape isn't. The shoulder turn and the flexible waist have disappeared, so adjustments have to be made, decisions have to be made. Will the sermon ring Butch Harmon, or will the sermon ring Jenny Craig? Probably Jenny, because sinking putts isn't an issue, it's getting the bloody ball out of the hole it is. The sermon wishes Waikato, the mighty Mulu, all the best in their quest for the log. History says they'll grab it too, their record over the bay in these matters is vastly superior. Actually taking it could well be even easier than getting it back to base the way things are going. Let's hope that things get much better in that department. It's Labour Day Monday, a national day of remembrance and salutation to the workers of this country. Those up north think a chance to do that would be a fine thing. Anyway, the sermon's just found out that he has to work again then too. So you think he sounds a little grumpy, a little angry, a little peeved off now? Wait for Monday morning. Nine oh seven here on uh, SENZ. Uh, Tony Lambourne uh, with us shortly, of course, uh, captain of the Stags, former US Eagles uh, captain as well, um, and the All Blacks uh, are about to, uh, to embark on uh, the first of five matches now on their northern tour. And John, the news has come through. The details of that team naming, and there are some interesting facets about it. Yeah, just before we get to Tony Lambourne, uh, thirty minutes, uh, thirty-seven minutes ago, to be exact, the All Blacks team was named. So at loosehead prop smithy, Ethan De Groot. Uh, pretty exciting for the young Southlander himself. Uh, at hooker, Asafa Omoa, tight head prop, Angus Tuttleval, Sam Whitelock at lock and captain, Tupulva'i at the other lock, as well as Luke Jacobson at six, Dalton Papali'i at seven, and Hoskins Satutu at eight. What a great loose forward trio that is. Finlay Christie joining Richie Moonga at nine and ten. In the midfield, Quintu Pyre and Braden Enor. On the wings, George Bridge and Will Jordan. And fullback Damian McKenzie and quickly to the bench, Dane Coles, George Bauer, Terrell Lomax, Josh Lord making his debut, the 20-year-old, Sam Kane, TJ Pedernata, Bowden Barrett and Anton Leonard-Brown. And that is your 23, Smithy. Thanks very much for that, uh, John. We'll talk about that more throughout the morning, but I uh, wanted to read that out uh, for Tony Lambourne just in case he hadn't uh, heard it. Uh, good morning to you, Tony. Thanks for joining us. Good morning, Smitty. How are you? Yeah, mate. Yeah, what do you make of that? I mean, it's quite a new look side. There's a, a debut coming, and, uh, you know, there's uh, some new combinations there, but all in all, probably uh, uh, pretty much too powerful for the USA. But uh, what do you make of it? Yeah, like you said, mate, I think it's going to be um, too powerful. Um, I was looking at the US squad um, this morning, and there's a few um, some faces in there I, have, I haven't uh, really seen a lot of. Um, you've got your good old battler, Cam Dolan, at eight there, and um, a few good old faces that I've played a lot with. But um, all in all, it's a pretty, pretty fresh team, but the All Blacks just um, do sharps. I was speaking with Ethan DeGroote this morning. He's pretty pretty wrapped about um, getting a start so um, yeah I, I expect to see a big a big score The fact that the All Blacks there, uh, there is great for uh, the profile of rugby in the country but uh, what is the prospect of 
you know, uh, of getting a, a, a beat up, really, what does that do for US rugby in, in your thinking? Oh, look, I think um, it just goes to show the, the, the level um, of the All Blacks and level of um, international footy around the world. I think USA is still just a little bit behind the eight ball, I think. Um, they've got amazing athletes. And I think when I, just going back to camps and stuff like that, you've got these powerful, um, strong, fast athletes. But um, when it comes to... Um, experience and knowledge that it just it's lacking there and I think you know here we, we grow up playing we, we were born to play rugby you know we've got uh, bare feet rugby in the fro- frosty mornings you know and over there it's football or something like that so um, yeah it's not quite embedded into the into their bloodline yet but I think they're definitely getting there I think with the MLR competition over there things are only getting better Um but yeah, I think you still get to find that really strong combination, um, like a really strong 15. Well, I was reading an article this morning, and Gary Gold, uh, the head coach, was saying that this is great that the All Blacks are there, but they've got nothing to follow up with. You know, they've, they don't really have any prospect of playing until uh, the middle of next year, to be honest. And he, you know, begs the opportunity perhaps to follow this matchup with uh, some. Northern Tour matches of their own, but it's just not happening for them. So, how how easy it can it be to develop with that in mind? Yeah, well, that's right. I think um, you've got a you know, obviously, like you said, you've got a big match against your Blacks, and you've got nothing to follow up with. Um, I, I don't know whether it's it's something to do with the union or with World Rugby. I think um, they need to be more proactive and 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 get some good tours going. You know, an ideal situation could be something like. Playing, um, playing the All Blacks and then following them around uh, around um, Europe, UK and playing the, the likes of England and Italy and France, you know. And yeah, you might get a bit of a hiding, but it, you're you're going to learn along the way, you know. So I look at that team and there is a lot of guys that have been held back. Um, there's, a, there's a few guys playing in France and the Premiership in the UK and um, they obviously had to commit to their clubs. Which is unfortunate, you know. I'd like to see those those big boys, those big names um, in the US team. Obviously, that's going to help, but um, they've had to deal with the, 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 they're um, using what they've got, and that's just the way it is. You played for San Diego. You played for New Orleans in the Major League Rugby. Uh, what did you make of the standard there, and what you could compare it to on a week by week basis in New Zealand rugby for us? Yeah, I think um, when I first with San Diego, I played for them in the, in the um, maiden year MLR, and um, I would have I would have said the standard would have been similar to uh, a Heartland Heartland um, level. I remember playing Heartland when I was 19 years old, and it was it's, I mean it's a good, it's a good level. But um, from what I understand now, it is a hell of a lot better. Um, there's some big players, big, big signings being brought over from overseas. A lot of Kiwis are playing over there now. Um, mm. So, uh, you know, from what I... Like Rory Van Voot, one of, the, one of the Stags boys here, played for Atlanta, played in the finals and that, and he said that um, it, it, it is um, around about that NPC um, level now. So, I mean, it's only going to get better, and it is exciting. They do say it's the sleeping giants over there in the US, um, but I'm, used, I'm yet to see the giants. Tony, you know, if you're captain the All Blacks, uh, you don't have to draw too much on 
uh, pride and history, etc., is it's steeped in that the game in this country. But when you're captain a side like uh, the right. USA, you know, what do you draw on there? Because um, in, in terms of history and background, I mean they've been playing the game in some form there for quite some time. But their record in international level, etc., the pride in the jersey isn't quite the same. So what do you use as your motivating forces uh, forces when you um, are captaining them? I think um, for me it was more on trying to um, create our own legacy. It's not going looking back at um, you know what the US team had done in the past because to be honest with you, Smithy, they haven't done a lot. So um, you know it was about it was about being the better team and being and, and creating um, the best culture and also um, yeah just creating our own legacy. So be, being that team that's um, you know going to going to do well in the World Cup and do well against your blacks you know and um so i think for me it would be i would be saying to the boys like let's just nail our set piece show show great ticker and um just do the best that we can and, and just have a never give up attitude and and that's what i uh, that's what i would be saying to the u.s boys now the uh, news has come out tony too which is uh, exciting is that uh, they're very serious about a world cup uh, in the United States uh, for men and women uh, around about 2027 or maybe uh, 2031. Um, how well would that be received uh, in America? And um, do you think it would be a raging success, bearing in mind that's so far down the pecking order in terms of sport over there? Oh, maybe I think it would, mate. I, I, they've got they've got the venues, they've got um, the professionalism. I, I believe that it would be a huge success. I think. Um, you know, I expect that stadium um, on Saturday, uh, sorry, on Sunday morning for us to be um, to be pretty full. I, you know, um, they say it's the fastest growing sport in the US, so I expect big numbers on Saturday. And I think, um, I think yes, the World Cup, um, the prospects of having it there would be would be huge, and I think um, it would be very successful. Tony, if I look at uh, your career um, personally uh, and, and, and pinpoint it down, I mean, you are the uh, definition of, of a rugby globetrotter. Uh, you have uh, travelled a lot of places. Now you find yourself again down there in Southland. Um, you, you started at Ashburton College. You've lived in Havelock North. You've been uh, all around the world basically flying your trade. Uh, Southland these days, the Stags, you, you, haven't, um, you haven't had a win this, this year. What's been lacking for you? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, um, it's just about finishing. I think you look at a, a lot of those, um, you know, 80% of the games that we've lost, uh, we've lost in the last 20 minutes. Um, so it's it's looking for that complete complete, complete 80 minute performance and um, and just being consistent, you know. And every um, kind of uh, review that we've had, uh, I've just said we're just too inconsistent. We 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 do some really good stuff, and then we just cock it up by. Uh, a knock on a forward pass, or just making a really dumb decision. Um, so look, I think our mindset now is we had a we had a buy last week. So you know, we got the boys together and we just said, look, you know, let's just forget about what's happened. Um, let's just forget about these losses. We've got a buy. We've also got Wellington this week. We've got Wellington this week. Um, we can look at that like a pre-season match because it doesn't count for points. But we're going to put out our strongest team that we've got, and um, and we've got we we still have a chance to make the semi-finals. We have Northland next weekend down here in in, in Vicarville, 
and then we have uh, Taranaki up there. Look, and I think if we beat both teams, we guarantee the semi-final. If we beat Northland or we beat Taranaki, um, it, it becomes it comes down to um, who beats who and, and points and stuff like that. But that's our goal. Well, that's our goal from the start of the season. It was we've got to make it. We're going to make a semi-final. So we're just scratching the, what's happened. We're looking forward, and we're going to put everything we can, put all our eggs into one basket, and give it a good nudge. Yeah, sounds like uh, very much the Southland way, mate. Uh, just finally, what about uh, Tony Lamborn himself? Um, what are what are your aspirations? What are your goals uh, still in the game? Um, for me, it's just I just want to focus on the stags and, and do my best for the province. Um, obviously, just really let the, um, just gutted about um, the previous games, um, and I think yeah. Look, I'm in uh, in conversations with a, a few Super Rugby teams. Um, for me, at the moment, like I said, it's just focusing on the stags, and if that if that happens, then it happens. And I think that was just to be a testament to um, to do giving giving the stags everything. Uh, look, I've got a I've got a family as well, a wife and two kids. I've started a construction company and uh, up in the bay in Hawke's Bay and Havelock North, and it's uh, very successful. So, in terms of um, the Super Rugby side of things, it's it's not my main goal. I think I'm, I wouldn't be upset if I didn't get a Super Rugby contract. I've got, um, I've got, yeah, I've got a good future with uh, with building and 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 kind of focusing on the family now. So it's it's not too big of an issue. That's great to hear, Tony. Um, look, enjoy the game on uh, against Wellington. Enjoy um, reliving a few uh, good old memories uh, when the All Blacks run out against the Eagles too uh, on Sunday morning. Uh, look forward to catching you back in the bay, mate. Um, and uh, maybe we might just uh, have a quiet one uh, at uh, the local, eh? Yeah, yeah, I'll see you down too, Smitty. <laughs> Good on you, Tony. Uh, pleasure talking to you, mate. Thank you very much for your time this morning. Go well. Cheers. Cheers, man. That's uh, Tony Lamborn, uh, captain of the Stags, been captain of the USA Eagles. He's played rugby uh, pretty much uh, uh, in all parts of the world and uh, still, still very proud and uh, very, very ambitious about what Southland can do for the uh, remaining part of this NPC season. Uh, so that's cool. Uh, look, OK, what about the... Your subjects this morning. What, what, what can you come at with this morning? What do you make of that All Blacks team? A um, lot of new guys in there. Josh Lord straight in there. Sam Kane off the bench. Loose forward trio, which has uh, Luke Jacobson at number six. That's interesting for me. Hoskins Satutu at uh, number eight. Uh, George Bridge back in there. Very, very good back uh, three, isn't it? When you're looking at uh, Will Jordan, Damian McKenzie, George Bridge. So any counter attacking that comes from deep will be very interesting to watch. So the USA might just have to be a little bit accurate with their kicking and they kick it into touch, kick it a long way into touch, otherwise it's going to come back at them. Um, the other thing you might look to uh, reminisce on is 10 years, 10 years since Beaver kicked that goal and we won the World Cup at Eden Park. Uh, can you have any memories of that? What were you doing? What were you thinking at the time? How nervous were you? So uh, yeah, double eight double three is our text number. Uh, Temper pillow, we're 299 bucks. We'll make a call on that later this morning. Uh, that's uh, for this week uh, and then of course uh, in uh, about uh, t- two weeks time we'll be giving away a temper queen mattress queen adjustable base and two temper v- uh, pillows beautiful pillows valued at ten thousand dollars love to hear from you double eight double three nothing gets past smithy this is mornings with ian smith on SENZ. Yeah, 9.26 uh, here's here uh, on SENZ, and we uh, 
just count up the caps, John. Here's an interesting thing in this uh, team name. I'm not sure this would have happened very often in history, but uh, 394 caps on the bench for the All Blacks, if by my calculation, and around about 240 at a quick count in the actual field of play. And bearing in mind, 127 of those belong to Sam Whitelock. So it is a new look side, isn't it? Yeah, so Sam Whitelock's got more caps than the rest of the starting 15 then by those numbers, which is pretty exciting. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, why wouldn't you, though? Like, it's the USA, so I'm excited for guys like Ethan DeGroote. We just heard about Tony Lamborn. He's talked to him on the phone already. A a born and bred Southlander starting at Loosehead Prop, and and that's pretty cool for me. So I'm looking forward to him, and I quite like the look of that midfield, Smithy. Um, Quintu Paya is a guy who probably not many people knew about at the start of this year, or definitely not last year, but... He's got um, a future 12 written all over him for me in the years to come. Probably not this World Cup, but maybe the next one and the ones after. So it's those young guys who I'm looking forward to seeing. And Tupul Vai as well. I think he just makes massive strides. So I think there are a couple of guys when we look at 2027, uh, they're probably going to be mainstays in this All Blacks team. So pretty exciting stuff, mate. And Josh Lord. I mean, no one knows about him. Uh, that's a true bolter off the bench. So a few exciting things to look forward to, and as well as that 10-year anniversary, Smithy, of the World Cup, you were on the sideline. Um, does that kind of, those memories come flooding back? I was working as a reporter, and my memories are a little bit hazy, actually. So what are your memories like of that night? Yeah, well, obviously magnificent atmosphere. Uh, it was just one heck of a game of rugby, and I, I, I walked away thinking that the I thought uh, when I reflected on it, you can't sort of do too much in-depth reflecting when you're actually working on it at the time and then you're working out uh, who you're going to ask questions to and that sort of thing. So, uh, And then when I you know, sat down later and, and talked about it with, um, with Nisbo, who was, uh, was working, a couple of other blokes, uh, you know, we, we actually worked out we were pretty lucky. We, we were actually quite lucky to win. I'm not sure we were the best side on the night. Now, Beaver, we're going to talk to him uh, after 10 o'clock, Stephen Donald and he might have a different view on that. He might think they had it under control the whole time, but I'd be surprised to think that they did. Uh, I think there was great relief when Andy Ellis kicked it into touch. Uh, I remember the celebration. I remember being on the field afterwards. John Key was the Prime Minister, um, and, of course, he was involved in that awful uh, handshake. <laughs> the most he? famous was, handshake was, of all time. Whose fault was <laughs> it, was Smithy? <laughs> and I made a complete and utter gaffe because instead of um, introducing Thierry Doucetois, um, I called him Thierry Henry at one stage, so that was great. That was absolutely fantastic, and I got absolutely caned for that, particularly from people in France. It was just a beauty, not really. Uh, so great gaff in sporting <laughs> broadcasting. That was right up there with uh, some of mine. But uh, it was absolutely, and the uh, that was amazing atmosphere afterwards. And I, there was a, a great, of course, celebration at home. Second time we'd won it at home. Yep, uh, and a relief that we're world champions again. But just on the no, on the know that we were lucky. Yeah, that, that's my that, that's my record. I had friends who cried, Smithy. You know, it was so really? emotional. It was such a big tournament, and it like that just built up, built up. And we had that perfect game against Aussie in the semi. But that was just excruciating watching that final. I'm with you. We didn't deserve to win the final. I think we deserved to win the tournament, but probably not that game. And yeah, I had mm. grown men crying uh, down at the fan zone here in Auckland, uh, just by the cloud. Like just, it was that much pressure built up from 24 years not winning the World Cup that I had friends who actually, yeah, grown men in tears. So it meant that much to the country. And I'd like to hear from people, actually, just what it meant to them at the time, 10 years ago. Uh, so, you know, 0800 Smithy, that's the number, isn't it? So a few yeah. calls this or morning would be nice. Double eight double three. Phone calls or, or uh, double eight double three.
Great to hear from you. 9.30 now. Uh, here's Trudy with the news. Well, when I hear that the Plunkett Shield is about to get underway, and it is tomorrow, uh, then I start to think seriously that summer is pretty damn close. And uh, I would imagine that's the case too for those guys that uh, are still playing in it. Uh, one of whom is Tom Latham, of course, uh, Black Caps uh, opener, very, very polished and uh, well, uh, well-performed well test opener he is as well. But uh, I think uh, relishing the chance to play for Canterbury as well because he's a very proud Cantabrian. So uh, he joins us this morning. Tom, good morning to you. Uh, summer's here, man, and uh, it begins in earnest tomorrow for you. Morning, Smithy. Yeah, obviously um, the, the summer's uh, finally here, which is nice, and um, yeah, certainly excited to to get back things and uh, get back into things tomorrow with um, with, the, with the Plunkett Shield, and then um, obviously looking ahead to, to India in, in sort of a month's time. So uh, yeah, exciting couple of months coming up. So what does it mean to you, Tom? Um, and your, your dad's part of a very uh, proud era too, uh, and you're part of it. So. Uh, the, the shield, the Plunkett Shield, uh, the significance of it for you, uh, for provincial players as well. Yeah, it's obviously it's probably the um, it's probably the the trophy that um, or the shield that um, teams want to win the most. I think uh, over a, sort of a, a whole season, I think it's eight games we play now, and to, I guess the, the graph that you got to go through to to win a Plunkett Shield, it's not just won by um, you know the odd game here or there. It's, uh, it's actually drawn out over a long time, and to I guess to play the purest form um, yeah, is uh, very rewarding. And uh, I guess we had a, a really good season last summer uh, in terms of the way we went about things and, and the results we got. So uh, we certainly know that um, we're going to be put under pressure again this summer. But, uh, you know, hopefully the guys are able to respond uh, after a big big winter and uh, we can get, get things rolling um, on, a, on a winning note tomorrow. Yeah, well, you all but, uh, got the uh, Triple Crown last year. Uh, so tomorrow you kick off your campaign against uh, the Central Stags at, at Hagley Oval. Um, sometimes the start of the year often signals a, a better time for opening bowlers than batsmen because of the nature of the pitches. Uh, Tom, what, what are you looking at tomorrow? Uh, yeah, I think sort of in New Zealand uh, as an opener, you sort of uh, expect things to, to be slightly greener and um, obviously at Hagley where it does tend to, tend to favour the bowlers a little bit um, the first couple of days. So uh, I think regardless of, of what sort of surface we get, it's important that we're able to, to adapt as quick as we can and, um, and and try to get stuck in that way. So I've heard say this one out for, uh, for a long time, so it's about trying to make those sudden adjustments uh, to get back into the mode of, of red ball cricket. So um, yeah, as, as you said earlier, I always enjoy playing for Canterbury, so I'm yeah, really excited to, to get stuck into things tomorrow. And as you said, uh, it's preparation too for what's coming up. Um, your last memory, of course, of international cricket wasn't such a good one, having to get out of Pakistan in a hell of a hurry. So I, I guess tomorrow getting back into a play, the playing swing of things uh, will be nice uh, as much as anything else. Yeah, uh, yeah, it will be nice to have to get back into things. It's been nice <laughs> the last couple of weeks getting back into some training and um and facing a little bit more than some spin that we could have faced over uh, in Bangladesh and Pakistan. So... Um, yeah, it's always nice when the start of the summer comes around and um, we're certainly looking forward to the start of the summer tomorrow and um, obviously looking ahead of the big summer uh, coming up, hopefully. Uh, are you captaining, uh, sorry, sorry for not knowing, are you captaining the side tomorrow? No, no, I won't be. No, Cole, uh, Cole McConkie's uh, the captain, so he'll, be, he'll have the armband uh, this season uh, again, which is exciting for him. 
Okay, so um, uh, that makes uh, an interesting question in itself. Uh, how do you get captaincy experience, captaincy practice, if, if there's such a thing? Uh, how, you know, because uh, often you're called on at short notice if Kane's not right or whatever, you're, and you, you're given the, given the job. So, h- are you thinking when you're playing as a non-captain? Are you thinking as a captain? Uh, yeah, I certainly am. I think I've always sort of been, in, uh, uh, you know, growing up through the age group, uh, you know, sort of a, a leader of some sort, and. I think whatever format I play, whether it's for uh, uh, New Zealand, uh, whether it's for, for Canterbury, I think you're always trying to think um, of what ways you're able to push the game forward. So, um, you know, I try to add as much as I can um, to Cole and, uh, and to the Canterbury side. And if I do see something, then I'll, then I'll let them know. But, um, you know, it's also nice to, for me to try focus on on just my role and, and just try and, you know, do whatever the team needs um, for this Canterbury side. So, um, so yeah, I, I guess it's... Uh, it is, a, it is a funny one when when I do captain New Zealand. I, I am very lucky. There's, there's so many leaders amongst the group and um, that you're able to lean on. So uh, yeah, we've certainly got a good group of many leaders, and it certainly makes my job easier. Tom, uh, you played uh, very well in India. I know that's on the horizon uh, towards the end of uh, next month. I think two Test matches there. Uh, but by and large, you've enjoyed playing over there. You've, you've scored runs. You've occupied the crease for a long period of time. It's not the easiest place in the world to play Test cricket because of the conditions. What what has been the secret to you of your success over there, your technique wise? Um, I'm not a not a hundred percent sure. I think um, obviously playing spins a massive thing over there, and as we saw the the England series um, not long ago, and the, the surfaces they had um, were, were very spin friendly. So I guess we're expecting to to have something of the same. But um, I mean, it's just trying to have a game plan, and I guess whatever whatever conditions we're faced on. You know, whether that's at home in New Zealand or, or overseas, you know, trying to have a plan and, and try to stick to that as long as possible. I think sometimes you are put under pressure and you can't go away from, from those plans. And I guess that sometimes can be your downfall. So if you're able to, to be disciplined enough and, and stick to your plan for long periods of time, then hopefully results come. And, and you know, somewhere like India uh, versus New Zealand, it might take a little bit longer to. Um, to occupy the amount of runs that you want, and um, so it's just about trying to drag things out as long as possible. Tom, you're an integral part of the Test side, uh, the One Day side, of course, but not the T20 side. Does uh, does that make you hungry uh, when you see a World Cup coming up uh, in the next uh, few weeks? Uh, the Black Caps getting involved heavily, starting I think Wednesday next week. Uh, do you miss that side of it? Uh, yeah, look, I, I certainly enjoy playing T20 cricket. Something that uh, it's a format that I actually haven't played a lot of. Uh, for Canterbury of, of recent times either, so um, yeah, it's certainly always nice when you when you're able to play able to play that format, and I uh, certainly really really enjoyed the experience over uh, in Bangladesh, um, and, and some pretty tough conditions. So um, me, I'm not too uh, worried about that format at the moment. But um, you know, if I do get a chance for Canterbury, trying to enjoy that format, and and if things progress from there, then then that's great. So um, yeah, for me, it's just about ticking away and, and doing whatever I can. Um, I guess behind the scenes to, to give myself a chance of, of playing all three formats. Tom, the um, side, as you said, starts against uh, Pakistan. There'll probably be a bit of feeling about that um, through no one's fault, really, about, apart from circumstances. There'll be some feeling there on Wednesday, I would imagine. Um, have you had any contact uh, with any Pakistani players or anything since you left? And, and I mean, uh, Or have you heard of any, uh, any contact uh, where guys have sort of uh, interchanged ideas or feelings? Um, no, not from a from a personal point of view. I think um, obviously what happened um, was, was 
was really disappointing. Um, obviously, we, we were uh, gearing up for a little bit of history over there, which would have been exciting. But um, you know, I'm sure uh, when the guys meet up and or uh, we'll play each other uh, in a few days, I'm sure uh, there'll be some some conversations um, had between between the players. So um, yeah, it was obviously disappointing, but um, obviously it was the right decision to to get home. And I think New Zealand cricket certainly had our uh, our safety uh, at hand, which was which was great. Yeah, I don't think anyone doubts that at all. I think uh, everything was handled in the in the proper way uh, around the whole thing. Uh, just finally, uh, I'm quite bullish about our chances. I, I think we've got. I look across the board. I've tried to study most of the squads, and I think we've got most of our bases covered. So, uh, if we handle the conditions uh, well, and that's always a bit of a question mark in that part of the world, uh, I think we're a, quite a right royal chance because within the group, and you'd be part of this as well. Within the group, uh, confidence now about being able to perform on the world stage and go to the go to the end uh, must be there now on recent history. Yeah, I think uh, you know the way the the T Twenty guys have been playing um, over recent times is. It's been great, and um, they're a squad that's sort of been together uh, for a couple of couple of seasons now. Um, obviously, there's some new faces, um, which is which is really exciting. And um, and as you said, we've we've had experience at, at big tournaments, and and we've managed to just come come close in one and uh, or a couple, and uh, but also win one as well. So, and I think that experience is 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 a, is a great experience to have um, for those big tournaments. So, uh, look, I'm sure if the if the guys play the brand of cricket that they want to play uh, in conditions that are slightly different, then, then hopefully they'll give themselves a good chance to drop match winners uh, across the board. So uh, I'm certainly looking forward to, to tuning in uh, to the early hours of the morning uh, at some point and, and watching them play. I can hear by your voice that you're pacing your way over to the nets, mate. So we'll let you go. Um, and I uh, wish you all the best for uh, a successful start to the season and hope you get out of these games exactly what you want for the future, man. Thank you for your time this morning. All right, thanks a lot, Smitty. Yeah, cheers. Uh, Tom Latham there. Off to practice as we speak. Uh, Canterbury squad practices. The usual way is on the day before a game in cricket. Um, the home side always have the preference uh, to practice when they want. Generally, the home side will practice in the morning because it gives them more time off in the afternoon to relax and things like that. So, and they might be visiting side. In this case, if they're using the same facility in particular, they'll make them train in the afternoon so they have less preparation and, and relaxing time. So that's just a little idiosyncrasy of being uh, away when you're playing cricket. It's 9.42 here uh, on SENZ. Uh, your text, double eight double three. I've had a couple of interesting ones come in already. Uh, you can phone us on 0800 150 And uh, we'll be back shortly to take those. Safe hands. It's mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. We have plenty of texts to discuss uh, very shortly, but we've also got uh, our man Dean on the line from Dunedin, and of course, being Friday before the All Blacks play, we love to hear uh, from Dino. Uh, what do we find you doing this morning, Dean, down there? Oh, mate, pissed off. I'm supposed to be away white baiting, but my mate couldn't get a babysitter, so I'm actually painting the owner of the law court's house for the morning, then we're going to go salmon fishing. I've had enough of this work. But uh, <laughs> the... Uh, that all-black team, absolutely wrapped for young Ethan de Groot. Like, born and bred Southland, it doesn't get much better than that plan, wherever the all-blacks are playing. And Lamborn, well, I didn't realise he's a Hawks Bay boy, but he switched on, and he? Like, listening to that interview, saying that, you know, just forget about everything and just go out and try and make a semi-final, because it's, it's possible. You know, we're not relying on other yeah. results just yet. We can go out and beat Taranaki. Oh, we don't like them. And um, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Wellington? Well... 
you're, at least you're a starter's chance. But he spoke really, really well. And I'm interested in the All Black team. I don't know why they're putting Jacobson at six. Like, I just that sort of stuff just does my head in. Like leave the kid at eight to grow, learn, and be really good come 2023. I don't know. Frizzell's there, isn't he? Why can't he play six? I think Frizzell might be carrying a knocker too. I think he got an injury uh, playing for Tasman uh, against uh, Hawks Bay in the Shield game two or three days before they flew out. Not a big enough one to keep him at home, but a big enough one to suggest that he wasn't quite fit to play in this test match, Dean. But uh, what do you, I mean, we're, we're obviously going to win. We're going to win comfortably. But what will be the things you're looking for, perhaps, within that performance? Well, combinations. Like, obviously, the midfield's going to be for the future. But just combinations moving forward for when we're under pressure, because clearly that's not anywhere near our um, strength team that's going to play Wales. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I've never got to that level, Smithy, so I guess you don't need to hit it up before you play Wales. We just change the team all over again, and away they go. But for me, that's a recipe for disaster. They should be starting the top team, and reserves are reserves. That's how I see it. I'm pleased George Bridges got another crack, because I tried to catch those high balls too with no pressure like that. And every now and then, you just miss one, you know? And no one cares at a Reedy Park in Vicargo, but when you're in front of a whole heap of crazy Aussies in South Africa... It's made a big deal, but that kid's got everything. He'll, he'll bounce back. He'll be good as gold. But yeah, look forward to him performing the way we know he can because he's got some talent. That kid, definitely talent. Hey, the whole team. Dino, oh, thanks. Be honest. Yeah, yeah. Right, mate. Uh, well, good luck with the wall. What colour are you painting? You know, I don't know. It's some, I don't know, some off-white thing. It was like a faded purple. It'll be all right. It'll look good. He'll get one point five million. Buy it, Smithy. Buy it. It'll be on the market tomorrow, so you'll be able to buy it. Come down here and go to the law courts with you. Any time, any time. We won't drink spate, so I've never had that in my life. But, um, yeah, any time. We'd love to have you down here at the law courts. Okay. Buy this place, 1.5 million. Great location. Yeah. Sunny, yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm white boy too. Thanks, Dean. Uh, look, on Monday, hey, Monday morning, give us a call, mate. On, uh, we'd like to hear a review, a review of the performance, mate. Always uh, great to hear from Dean down there in Dunedin. Hard at it this morning. Painting uh, the wall. Uh, good morning, Smithy. I remember that World Cup final like it was yesterday at the start of the game. I was sitting in my chair having a few cold ones, feeling quite confident. The last 20 minutes, I couldn't drink. I couldn't sit down. Pacing around the lounge with my family saying, it's only a game, it's only a game. And I'm saying, no, it's not. It's more than that. When the final whistle went, it was more a feeling of relief than excitement. Did manage to get back to my seat, though, and crack open another space. Cheers, Steve. Now, is that a Kiwi bloke's answer or what? Uh, good morning, team. What can I say? 2011 World Cup. We'll never forget that campaign. One word that sums up the whistle uh, right at the very end, and that was relief against the French, our nemesis in the past. We had so many injuries leading up to the final, and with a few minutes remaining, I thought we are going to hold on. But we held, we did. How good was our leader, Richie McCaw, in those dying minutes with all that pain? Cheers from Jared. Um, we've also got uh, Dusatois' performance was Herculean, and it was. Not often the losing team of any Sports World Cup final has a person from the losing team as man of the match. He simply was absolutely brilliant. Hi, uh, Smithy, you asked uh, for our thoughts and feelings at the final whistle of the 2011 Rugby World Cup final. I find it interesting that almost every All Black involved in the game has, uh, that's been interviewed recently said they had a feeling of relief. I think the general public, like myself, had a similar feeling, although... We're only one point ahead for the last 20 minutes. I feel the All Blacks controlled the game and managed it well. And when Andy Ellis kicked the ball out, the nation seemed to feel 
relief is one. That's from Craig Bay of Plenty. Uh, another uh, one has come in off that subject that says, Smithy, any chance you'll team up with Brian Waddle and Jeremy Coney for some domestic or international commentary this season on the radio? Uh, TD, cheers, PD. Uh, don't think so, TD. Uh, not in that league, actually, to be honest. Uh, Jeremy Coney sees things in a game of cricket that most people can't. He looks that closely at it, uh, and he's uh, a genius when it comes to radio commentary. He simply is. And Brian Waddle, for me, is the, uh, the voice of cricket in this country. That beautiful voice of his is, uh, is simply outstanding. And the way they work together as a partnership uh, is uh, second to none. I think in the, in the radio world of broadcasting, second to none in the world. So wouldn't want to uh, try and get in there and mess that one up. So, hey, I, I'd, if uh, the opportunity came one day, PD, I'd jump at it. Just like the opportunity to, uh, to get uh, a winning multi. And so this weekend, we'll have another crack. That's coming up soon. The voice of sport in New Zealand. Nothing gets past Smithy. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. You got to know when to hold up. Know when to fold up. Smithy's multi. Know when to walk away. And know when to run. Bet live on your favourite sports. Download the TAB app today. Okay, the Dodgers got uh, beaten badly by the Braves yesterday, so we won't talk anything uh, much more about that. We'll move on to our weekend one, and let's hope we have some great success. Gone back to the core sports, rugby and cricket. Taranaki to beat Manawatu at uh, $1.22. Canterbury to upset Otago, according to the betting. Uh, so uh, I think uh, Canterbury to upset Otago down there at a buck seventy-two. Australia to beat Japan at rugby at $1.23. That's a given. Australia to beat South Africa in the ICC T20 at $1.73. And India to beat Pakistan in the most watched game of sport this weekend. India to beat Pakistan at $1.49. And uh, that gets us back to $6.65. Yeah, $6.65. Uh, Stephen Donald, the kick. The kicker, the white baiter, and our brother is up after the news. The all-new SCNZ. Dan Carter's tournament is over, so Colin Slade playing in the number 10 jersey. And he is charged with steering the all-black ship around the park this afternoon. Works it off again to Slade, he's got Williams there, and they defended extremely well. It looks like Colin Slade is down. The 10 jersey, a poison chalice at the moment for the All Blacks. The time is here for the Rugby World Cup final of 2011. Ball lost forward, and now the All Blacks have a player down, and it's Aaron Cruden. And he's clutching at his right knee, it would seem. Stephen Donald up and about. Just uh, the white bait net hits the weight for a more important occasion. None more than this. And well, cometh the hour. Well, cometh the man. Now, who's going to do yeah. the goal kicking? That's the question. Stephen That's Donald just... striding forward. Yeah. Pointing to the posts. Confidently too, and I like that. And I love the cheer he's getting from this crowd at Eden Park. This man's copped a bit of criticism in his time, but he's a guy that the All Black players love and respect. And so, cometh the hour. It's as big a kick as you'll ever get. Here's his kick. Goosebumps, goosebumps, 
listening to that and takes me back. Man, does it take me back. So we've got the star of the show, the star of the movie, the star of our drive show, the star of every damn thing these days. Uh, Stephen Donald on the line <laughs> this morning. Uh, and because you've adorned me the Prime Minister of the Sporting Cabinet, um, you can absolutely have no chance of saying no as the Minister of Whitebaiting. So first of First of all, um, uh, one of the most asked questions, uh, and, and uh, they'll be written here by uh, John Day as well, so you can have him uh, on it. Have you bought a beer? Have you bought a beer since then, in the last 10 years? Uh, yeah, unfortunately I have. None of my mates seem to sort of pick up on that, and uh, yeah, it's just business as usual for them, so uh, yeah, I've bought far too many. So, okay, let's, uh, let's uh, we'll come to the kick shortly, but... What uh, the phone call? The phone call, and what happened after the phone call that you never took? Yeah, uh, down down the down the river, um, and just had no reception. And um, my mate who I was down there with, he was back back and forth to his stand, and I remember him saying because he was he was sort of more hopeful than I was, I think. And uh, he was he was listening to the the then sports radio and um, they were saying on there that the All Blacks coaches had who they needed and had who they wanted to replace uh, place Colin Slade at the time and um, I'd heard nothing and then we, once we got out of reception, I got some reception on the way back from the boat ramp I uh, got a text from Millsy um, Millsy texted me, so ring him so then I rang Millsy and then Millsy said you got to ring Ted, so you know, it's, once once the stage I knew that I was having to ring Ted, I knew he wasn't ringing to find out what I was up to. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that's when I guess the rally hit that it was all going to happen. Okay, so uh, as he said uh, on breakfast show this morning or early in the week, actually, so he he watched the final for the first time just recently. Have you watched the full game back? Nah, funny thing is, funny, I actually I actually haven't, and I um. When I was up in the UK, I actually jumped on. When I was at Bath there one day, I jumped on Amazon and put, and ordered it, and thought I'd you know have a DVD collection or whatever. But uh, it never arrived, so um, I, I actually still never watched it in its entirety, um, and I'm still uh, about forty five pound out of uh, pocket from uh, Amazon. What about the movie? And what about the ro- what have you done with the royalties from the movie? <laughs> Uh, oh look, it, it wasn't. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it wasn't an absolute um, blockbuster worldwide. Maybe it's not on Netflix. So I'm not. I'm not still getting royalties from it. So uh, you know, I'm just. I'm just chipping away with that. <laughs> so you, you have to admit you've watched that a few times, don't you? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. I've watched it once. I've watched it once, and I may have. Uh, I may have been under the influence, and I did watch it. So uh, I've watched that once. But uh, no, the, the thing about the movies for me is um, it's hard case because. Um, you know, obviously, when it's about you, it makes you makes you feel a bit uncomfortable, and your skin crawls a little bit. But um, the amount of parents and that that have come up and said, "Oh, my kids watched it ten times," and we tell the kids to watch it when they've had disappointment and stuff like that, which is which is quite cool. But uh, you know, they're getting a bit of value out of it. Well, Aaron Crude had got injured uh, in the thirty fourth minute. I mean, it was it was fate, wasn't it? It Was fate. Uh, talk us through. Uh, talk us through um, coming on in front of 60,000 fans. Now, I, I can sympathise with you because every now and then, like every day, I wear something that's a little bit too small for me because of my own fault. Uh, but <laughs> tell us about that jersey. <laughs> yeah, well, again, like, uh, obviously it was obviously I had not prepared for the World Cup final like uh, you usually would have if you thought you were going to be there. 
Um, so I was, I was carrying a bit extra, and uh, the jersey was supposed to be mine because obviously they got your, they've got your sizings and that in the All Blacks set up uh, pretty down pat. But um, it was just one of those things that um, I didn't even know that it was small, to be honest with you. I just thought, oh, yeah, usual All Blacks sort of jersey is quite tight. And I remember halfway through the game, or halfway through my little cameo out there, pal, pretty weepy, yeah, I was out to me, pull your jersey down. And, I, and again, at the time, I was like, dude, that's a strange thing to say. Pretty we're in the middle of an all black, uh, World Cup final here and we're under the pump a little. Um, but um, I didn't think anything of it. And it wasn't until, again, it wasn't until we started to do, I guess, the, the laps of honour and stuff that, you know, uh, the crowd and that were great and got a great reception. But already I was getting a chip from the crowd about the uh, the jersey. And uh, I was thinking, I haven't really noticed it, but it wasn't until the other people said, yeah, that jersey was uh, well and truly too small for you. That, uh, gonna, yeah, it started to become a thing. I was going to say, it's a bit rich coming from Perry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he got a bit of design one, I think. <laughs> did, you, did you ever know, um, I, I don't know if you realise this, but um, this, this is what Richie McCaw thought when, uh, when they called on you. I remember one moment throughout that match, I watched it last night, obviously Cruden, when Cruds went down, he, he grabbed his knee and, and he went down in the 44th minute. And then uh, you went over and tapped him on the head. And then the beaver comes on. The beaver comes on and plays how he played. I thought he played outstanding that second half, mate. But what was going through your mind? Obviously, we lost DC, we lost Slady, then we lost Cruds, and then the beaver was coming on. What, what about you? What was going through your mind? Well, I don't know what was going through my mind, but I, but I think about it. Uh, and I remember thinking about it even you know, when beaver came into the squad. Like Most other countries, if you were bringing your fourth, Choice uh, number ten, and you probably go. Nice to meet you. Never, you know, first time you've come across you. Whereas, you know, someone like Beaver come in and played a few test matches. Uh, you know, he was well known to all the boys, and he, he knew how we how we went about things. So it was it, it was pretty reassuring in that regard. And I think when he came on the field, uh, his confidence and just he was uh, looked like he so he didn't walk out the timid. He was like, right, I'm going to own this, and. Um, and he yeah. did. Uh, like he, he, he looked like he'd been uh, squad all the way through and, and did what he needed to do. And, and uh, people asked me about, you know, uh, you know, when he took the shot at goal. Well, I didn't even have to talk about it because he just walked up and said, "I have a shot, thanks." And uh, I was like, "Well, that's, that's good." And uh, but that's the sort of confidence you you want from your, uh, your guys doing that. Yeah, I loved it. I loved it. I watched that. I saw him just walking up, pointing to the sticks, and then I saw Pity looking at me, and I was like, I don't want it, mate. Do you have it? <laughs> so, so that was Izzy. That was Izzy talking to, to Richie the, the, this morning, and uh, he described it, and a lot, a lot of people have, even uh, um, we described it in commentary, actually. I mean, there's no doubt in your mind, was it? You just wanted it. Yeah, I used, yeah, it was one of those things. I well, you, by the time I got into camp and that, Smithy, you know, the fact that I had a chance to, I guess, rectify the previous year and the Hong Kong and all the, and all the rest of it, it started to really burn that, you know, I craved the chance to get out there and realistically didn't think I was going to get it, you know, so I might get five-minute cameo once the job was done sort of thing in the final. So I guess when it sort of all of a sudden happened, it was something that I guess I knew I didn't want to miss and, and wanted to make the most of, so... Yeah, I remember Ted telling me at halftime that um, you start goal kicking, eh? And I was like, yeah, sweet as. So, uh, yeah, I guess it was one of those things that you had to, there was nowhere to hide, was there? So, um, you know, you just, you just get in that mindset that, you know, it's time to front up. So, yeah, it was a job to be done. <laughs>
And when you, you, you lined it up, you struck it, um, what were you, as you followed the path of the ball, what were you thinking? Well, the funny thing was, is I actually never saw it go through. And so with all my kicks, I aim about a metre just inside the right-hand upright, and it's not because I hook. It's just because I aim there, and it just literally, I've got a trajectory where it just goes straight, but straight sort of just to the left of my aim. So I, I, as soon as I looked up, and I hit it, and I was like, oh, well, it's inside the right-hand upright, I'm done. So I just charged back like a lunatic, uh, I got told. And uh, But then, obviously, the reality is those balls, I don't know if you remember, Smitty, those balls come under a lot of criticism. And um, yeah. I've never had... If I miss, I usually miss because I've pulled something. But I've, I uh, I miss... Apparently, that ball started to ducktail outright and run a sort of a, a bit like my golf shots, a bit of a horrible slice fade. And uh, I, I'd later find out that night from... McBurn, who was my T-boy at the day, that uh, it got very close to hitting that right hand upright. But uh, thankfully, I never had to watch that angst as it uh, went through. A lot of the people that have texted into us uh, about the game so far this morning have said one word, relief. Now, players don't uh, always say, say relief because they're, they're caught up in the moment of it and the, the part of the atmosphere and the whole thing and their focus. But what, when Andy Ellis did kick it into touch, what were you feeling, bearing in mind... Uh, it was your kick that made the difference. Yeah, I mean, it was like at the very moment it was obviously jubilation and all the rest of it, and you're jumping around like a madman and all the rest of it. But when you, when by the time you got back to the shed and, and all the hype had died down and you sort of worked out how knackered you were, there was a whole lot of relief, um, I guess, from a team point of view. But also, you know, I guess from me that you know I I got through, you know, I guess the biggest examination you're ever going to sort of have and, and, you know, be proud again of being an All Black where, you know, if you, you, heart, you know, if you heart back to the, the year leading up to it all and after Hong Kong, you know, there were plenty of people that wanted to question whether I deserved to be an All Black or, you know, where I did, sort of had the right to have that sort of status almost and, I, you know, that sort of bit me pretty hard. So I guess in that time after, you know, it was just a, the relief is actually a, was actually a word that I would use to describe it. You know, it was just a, geez, got it done there and uh, and something to be pretty proud of. You know, pr- proud is another word that I'd say probably used to describe it that got through that sort of uh, that sort of uh, moment. Yeah, I mean, has it changed your life at all, in, honest, in all honesty? In all honesty, it's, it's changed my life in, in a way that it's given me, given me sort of a life back, you know, and given me freedom, I guess. Um, Again, you know, harp on about it, but that year after Hong Kong, I couldn't really have a life outside of go to work, play a game, and repeat. Because, you know, literally, you know, I'm quite, as you know, Smee, I'm quite a social character, but, um, mm. you know, being social became an issue. Um, being out with, being out in public without, you know, being with my mates or whatever, anyone else outside of that became an issue. And, you know, in the end of the day, I signed to go to Bath because, you know, I never wanted to play overseas. I had no interest in playing overseas. I wanted to be a chief my whole life and try and be an all-back every day of my life. But realistically, I knew that, that those days were done. And um, I went over to Bath, signed that contract to Bath mid to 11 because I thought it'd be, I just had to get out of New Zealand and, and have a bit of a normality to life again, you know. So it certainly changed my life on that front. So... Um did you ever, I mean, I'm, I'm talking on the negative here, but did you ever wonder what might have happened then if it hadn't gone over uh, on, on the basis of what you just said? 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I, I only, I, even now and again, you think yourself, uh, you know, enjoying life, and you think, gee, yeah, it could have been a bit different. And in reality, is you probably, you're probably not living in New Zealand. Um, and you know, like I obviously cut my bath contract short and then went to Japan, but then was pretty keen to get back and play a few years with Chiefs, and and things like that just don't happen. Um, if if it unfolds differently, and 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 I probably finish my days playing overseas, and you know, I'm probably just finish, wash, finishing up now, and sort of just slipping back into the country at best, you know. So, um, yeah, it's completely every now and again when you know, obviously. We've all got our dream jobs now, if it's you know, things like that doesn't happen. And, you know, yeah, completely different life. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Um, yeah. We have got our dream jobs, you're right, mate. Hey, look, uh, uh, I'll leave, I'll leave. You've just filled in a lot of questions for me because uh, I've, I've never really been inside your head to that degree and, and understood the pressures you, that you felt um, after those, uh, those earlier years. So it makes the fact that you strode forward to take that kick even more. Uh, impressive from my point of view, but I, I can't let you go because there's a, a relatively important game of rugby this weekend. You might um, you might recall that um, your boys, your lads, uh, are popping on down to, to see our lads down here. Uh, they've had a bit of a yes. checkered build-up, of course, with what's happened during the week and, of course, that they've had to shift yep. base, etc., etc. How do you rate them? What are, what are the chances? Oh, look, the... Our, our, our boys, the, the Moolies, they're a great young bunch um, and they're trying their guts out. Um, do, do I give them a chance? I mean, I'd probably, I'd probably give your boys a, a minus 40 at the TAB sort of thing. They, they're overwhelming favourites and if they don't win it, then there's real problems in Hawke's Bay. But, um, you know, I give the Moolies a starting chance. But i tell you what, Smithy, in all seriousness, I love watching Hawke's Bay at the moment. Geez, they're playing a good brand of footy. They are actually. They've just got something about them, and they're without Ash, of course, without Town Falcon, of course, who's headed off as well. So they're missing a couple of important cogs there. But they are. No, they are playing a really confident brand where they seem to know and they seem to be out of read each other's minds in terms of their their offloading and their their support players is probably the feature of it for for me. Yep. Hey, hey, mate. Thanks very much. I know you've had to relive this a zillion times, but it's it's nice. Uh, on the anniversary tomorrow of, uh, of the the ten year anniversary, what will you raise a glass? Do you think there's an outside chance you might raise a glass at some stage tomorrow? Well, look, it's, it is a sad day, and we're in level three, so <laughs> maybe I'll, maybe I'll slip into my bar down the end of the house and uh, and raise one or two. Uh, is that where the twenty one jersey is, by the way? Uh, the twenty one jersey's still in the drawer, so I need to I need to do something with it. I've been talking about it for about 10 years to do something with it. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll get on to that. <laughs> I'll tell you what to do. I'll tell you what to do. Uh, put it on tomorrow. Take, get someone to take a photo of you and put it on the SENZ website. I would love to see it. <laughs> maybe, maybe if I'm about 10 deep, I might. <laughs> <laughs> okay, mate. Absolute pleasure. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy, enjoy the, uh, the reliving of it uh, if you, you have the opportunity to, to mate. And uh, we'll look forward to hearing you later this afternoon. Thanks. Thanks, Beaver. All right. Thanks, Louis. Yeah, cheers. Great character, isn't he? Fantastic man, and uh, does a great job on drive for us every single day at four o'clock. And uh, wow, the pressure, the pressure. Uh, often I, I look back on weird parts of, of my career and think if I'd have dropped that or if I'd have caught that, what would uh, what have, would have been different? I often think about that 1992 World Cup final, uh, semi final when we lost to Pakistan. I often bring that that mind match comes to my mind and think could I've done anything better? 
Um, and, and, you know, obviously it could have done something better and, you know, it could have done something more brilliant, but it just didn't happen on the day. And you, you do relive, uh, so I can understand where he's coming from, but I never quite realised that he'd gone through um, the tough times to the extent on one performance, basically on one performance. That is the pressure of being an all-black under scrutiny in this country. Quite, quite revealing, actually. Uh, 10.20 here on SENZ. And we're not far away from a very, very informed panel this morning, Ross Carl and Glenn Lama. Glenn Lama and Ross Carl joining us this morning, and uh, I'm very appreciative of their time this morning. Uh, Ross, uh, can we start with you? 2011 Rugby World Cup, the 10-year anniversary of the kick and the win. Uh, What are your memories? Great memories of being in a bar in Wellington, um, sitting on the floor because there was nowhere else for me to go in a corner, holding onto my beer tight and not talking to anyone for 90 minutes. <laughs> and then getting to the end and that kick went over. And um, Actually, Lloyd Burr from News Hub at the time was uh, an intern and he maxed out two credit cards uh, that night and uh, we had a very good time. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I mean, and the kick? What about the kick? The Stephen Donald kick, Ross? Oh, that was nerve-wracking. That was, really was. But I loved it. You know, I'm a county man, and, you know, Stephen had been through so much um, over the couple of years. So to see him, you know, come through like that to the country was pretty awesome. Glenn, um, of course, I'm not even sure you might have been on duty in, in some capacity uh, back then, but what are your memories? No, I wasn't on duty. I was just like Ross watching the game. Um, I remember it not being a very good game, but we didn't care because we got the win. I remember Tony Woodcock's try, which was a nice line-out move. I remember mm-hmm. Stephen Donald coming on with that ill-fitting All Blacks jersey that he had. He was like, uh, he's not a small fella, is he? But he was wearing extra small top. Uh, what else do I remember? I remember France being perhaps a touch unlucky not to win that game. Mm-hmm. But look, none of it really cared. None of that really mattered because we, we just wanted the win. And and we got the win, and 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 on we moved, and we actually won that World Cup without Dan Carter, which um, at the start of the tournament <laughs> too, because uh, we, we thought would have been impossible, Smithy. But we actually got there when he got injured early on in the tournament. We got there without him, so um, it shows that we didn't need the master um, controlling everything to get over the line. Yeah, I, I think Ross, so um, relief was uh, was perhaps the word used by. Most people uh, around the scene at that time, eight seven, holding on, and uh, uh, for all intents and purposes, it looked like the All Blacks had it under control. But they're only a, a mistake, a penalty away from not. I mean, it was that kind of that kind of night out. That's it. I mean, we saw in the last Test match against South Africa how hard it is to play out a Test match, to go to all those rucks and malls and not concede a penalty because we all know the breakdown committee is an absolute mess, and it could go absolutely anywhere. Um, so for them to be able to do that and then Andy Ellis to kick the ball out, you know, it was it, it was tight. It was, I suppose, what the country wanted. You know, we'd spent all of those years playing pretty and not getting there. And, and in some weird way, we were looking for, you know, just some grit and some determination and World Cup winning kinds of performances like that. And World Cup finals, there's been some shockers over the years, haven't there? I think the 2007 final was not pretty, uh, you know, but, but what does it matter? Uh, they got there in the end and Richie McCord is on a, a broken foot and it was a hell of a time. And, and then I think you could feel the next season when people were watching the All Blacks, they could enjoy it again. 
Mm. Did you feel that, mm. Smitty? Like it was like people could yeah. really enjoy watching them because that monkey was off the back. Mm. Well, it, it had been a, a generation almost, hadn't it, uh, Glenn, since uh, we'd last won it, um, you know, and it was the first time it was back here. Certainly it was great and, and it helped the All Blacks on that occasion. But 24 years is almost a generation of people watching and, and not knowing what it was like to be world champions. Yeah, mate, and for, for, for people of... Of, of our age, I'm um, getting up there a little bit now, Ian. I mean, we can remember 1987 um, like it was yesterday. I mean, I, I just remember virtually every player in that World Cup that won the title for the All Blacks. I can remember all the games. I can just remember my memories of that are so vivid. And then, of course, we lived through the heartache of all those other World Cups. You know, we had to endure Australia winning two. Uh, although they were a good side. I mean, we've got to give them their dues. There were some wonderful players in that Australian team, and they had two great coaches through that era as well. Um, but you're right. Uh, Ross is spot on. We were just so relieved to get over the line and and and, and end those 24 years of, of not winning because we like to think we produce the best rugby team in the world every year, even if we lose. Uh, but when someone came at you and said, hang on, you guys haven't won a World Cup for 24 years, have you? We, we you can't really argue against it. So, I think uh, once I think once the 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 2011 World Cup was secured, uh, albeit in um, you know not the prettiest of circumstances, you know, it meant we had we could kind of pump our chests up a little bit after a pretty lean trot. Yep, indeed. Glenn Lama with us, Ross Carl with us. Uh, we're going to take a very short news break with Trudy. Uh, some uh, COVID. News coming out of uh, the, the Parliament, I'm sure, that uh, she'll update us on. Uh, and when we come back, we'll, we'll look at a couple of issues. Uh, the All Blacks are playing this weekend. Yeah, they are. Uh, they're playing the USA. What do the fellas think about that and the All Blacks team? And, and also uh, this interesting thing about Vax play, Vax no play, AFL, NRL, different theories there. Uh, what about NZR? Where are we on that? Here's Trudy. The panel. Glenn Lama and Ross Carl with us this morning on the panel. And uh, Ross Carl, here's a text that's just come in for you from Richard. Does Ross have a club in counties he played for or follows? Uh, I played for Ardmore when I was a kid, um, and they've become mm. Ardmore Marathon, so that would be the team. But to say that I follow them would be an exaggeration. There's far too much rugby going on at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> to follow club rugby as well to any great degree. Um, but yeah, if, I, if, I, if I was to follow a team, it would be them. Okay, so uh, will you be following uh, the All Blacks closely against the USA on Sunday morning? What, what, uh, what did you make of uh, the All Blacks side? I hope you've seen it, Ross. And, and um, what's your level of interest? Uh, I'm really interested in seeing how this team goes because, quite frankly, there's a lack of an experience throughout it, isn't there? There's how many players within there who've got less than 10 test, ma- 10 test matches? Probably 10 or so players who played less than 10 test matches in that starting 15. So... Yeah, there's there's some really interesting selections. It's obviously a team that's going up against the minnows, um, but it'd be nice to see Sam Whitelock back. That Ethan De Groot, Asafo Amua, Angus Ta'aval front row is obviously something for the future. Um, but I, I really like the combination of Luke Jacobson, Dalton Papali, and Hoskins Atutu. Seeing those three mm. together against USA team that's pretty depleted, um, they could run rampant in the loose. Glenn, uh, what are your thoughts uh, on this on this weekend? Yeah, look, um, I, I don't think we should shy away from the fact that this is like every other game. The, 
that a New Zealand team has played in the United States, whether it's the Māori All Blacks or, or this all, an All Blacks team, Smithy, this is just about money. And actually, I don't have a problem with that. I mean, we're in challenging times in New Zealand rugby at the moment. They've got to look at all uh, potential opportunities out there to try and earn some cash. And if someone wants to pay them to be in Washington on Sunday playing uh, a, a pretty weak USA team, then fair enough. I don't have a problem with that. But that's really all of this is about. And I think this team reflects, the selection of this team reflects that point of view as well. I mean, this is far from a, a number one team. Um, but um, so uh, so we'll, we'll see this team just tick off the win. Um, we'll probably debate a few performances that won't really mean too much down the track because when we get to Europe, we'll see um, the players or the main players come back into um, into those games. Um, I guess interest to see on how Sam Kane is going to, how much time he'll mm. get off the bench. Um, and I guess, you know, will it be enough to get him back into the captaincy of this team eventually? Probably will. Um, and of course, Sam Whitelock and Dane Coles back in there too after not playing in Australia recently. So that's really where I feel about it at the moment. It'll be good to watch them play, uh, take the paycheck, few players get a bit more experience on to Europe where the real stuff starts. Okay, well, Ross, how about this then? Um, the AFL in Australia, of course, have uh, said, yes, it's compulsory to be vaccinated if you want to play in our competition. The NRL have said, no, we're not going to make it compulsory to play in our competition. Where is NZR's stance on this, or where do you think it perhaps should be if we apply it to, say, uh, NPC, Bunnings NPC level? Yeah, I think you've got to try to make it mandatory. Personally, I think if you're trying to look after the health of your players and you've got to take a wider view, and then the players who choose not to play will have to understand that that means that they've got to find a job elsewhere. That, that's my take on it. We've got to look at it the same way, I think, as, as the AFL. Um, the NRL is interesting because you know, when you consider that the Melbourne Storm play in Victoria and Victoria requires all professional sportsmen to be vaccinated, <laughs> suddenly you've got a team that's playing every week against teams from Sydney, you know, Queensland, etc. Those players, if they want to play against the very best team that's been going around for a couple of decades, they're going to have to get vaccinated. You know, um, Qantas, are they going to let them on the plane? Maybe not. So I, I, I think that NZR should try to get everyone vaccinated, but I think in the end, mandates made by the government will force them all to get vaccinated if they want to play here. Mm. Glenn, what's your take on that? Well, look, a few things here. Um, I, I can't see, from the New Zealand perspective, I can't see how New Zealand rugby will not be enforcing um, a mandate to get the, all of their players vaccinated either or right the way down to NPC um, level, Ian. I mean, I've just come downstairs to talk to you after watching the start of the, the COVID announcement, uh, announcement this morning. The Prime Minister has said, if you want to go to a sports event, you'll need to have vaccination in your arm. You'll need to have a vaccine passport. So if you want to go and watch a big sports event in New Zealand, how are the players going to be on the field not vaccinated. I can't see how they can't. So that is uh, that. That's where that is. Not just for the NPC, but for all kind of major sport in New Zealand. And I and going across the Tasman, I I, I was gobsmacked actually when I read the NRL said they're not going to mandate vaccinations. I, how the hell is that going to work for the Warriors? Because very soon you won't be able to come into New Zealand if you're not vaccinated. So if there's unvaccinated NRL players coming across to Auckland at some stage into the future, they won't be allowed on the plane. So how will the competition work when all of the players in the NRL are not vaccinated? I can't see that. 
uh, that uh, stance at the moment from Andrew Abdo lasting because it's just unworkable. It, it, just, it just won't happen. You'll see mm. um, players playing some weeks and players not play, the same players not playing other weeks because they're not vaccinated because they can't travel into state or come over here. It's just unworkable. I can't see how it works. So I think the NRL will see sense of that down, down the track a little bit and you'll see a mandate come in there too. There's my prediction. Okay, um, just finally, uh, thanks for that, Glenn. I, I love that opinion, and I think you're absolutely <laughs> on the money. No, there, there's inconsistencies yeah. if it doesn't happen. There certainly is, um, and, yeah. and they've got to draw the line. And, and uh, you know, they've been asking the All Blacks, um, the Black Ferns, et cetera, et cetera, to get on um, television, get on websites, et cetera, and say, please fax everyone uh, and use them as role models. Uh, I think they've got to back it up um, with some sort of decision in that area, and, and you're dead right on that. Uh, Ross, mm. um, Exciting news for, uh, for Sky, of course, is that uh, the T20 is uh, about to kick into the gear seriously with New Zealand starting on Wednesday. Um, I, I'm not sure if you've run your, your finger over all the squads, but it looks as if it's a fairly open affair to me. and um, We're a right royal chance, which could be good for the ratings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely hope so, I mean, especially we've got them overnight, 11pm, uh, 3am games. But cricket diehards mm. will get into it, and then we've got that show in the morning, which will also feature you, Smithy, where people can catch up at 7.30 in the morning with what's happened overnight. So that should be a wonderful chance to get into this tournament. And what I like about this tournament is almost every team around the world has won this tournament. I think Bar New Zealand, Australia, South Africa. So you go into it, and teams like the West Indies, who've typically struggled in other formats, can turn up and win this tournament. We don't know what could happen. I think the Black Cats have made a couple of semifinals. Um, and looking at the team, I'm not sure what you think, Smithy, the team against Australia, to me, looked like a team that could win this tournament. The team that they put out against England didn't. Yep, well, as far as I'm concerned, fellas, um, it uh, hinges, a lot of it hinges on the most important joint uh, in New Zealand sport at the moment, and that's Kane Williamson's elbow. So uh, we'll wait and see how uh, that absolutely uh, turns out. He's got to be available for every game for me, for us particularly, uh, those very crucial ones. Otherwise, uh, we're up against it. Ross Carl, outstanding. Glenn Lama, uh, thank you. Uh, outstanding as well. Thanks, fellas, for being part of the panel. Uh, we'll be back with one on Monday, being Labor Day. If we can find two Junos that uh, might be wanting to work on Monday, we don't know. We don't know. Um, anyway, we've got plenty of text uh, to read out when we come back. Uh, and then, of course, um, just prior to 11 o'clock this morning, we shall be with Louis Herman Waters' last take on the Cox Plate coming up over the weekend. And we'll go to the TAB as well. Uh, and I believe it's Brendan Popperwell this morning. Voice of sport in New Zealand. Superman! Nothing gets past Smithy. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. Text coming in. Uh, Smithy, I was 11 years old and I felt like I was an old man pacing around, pulling my hair out, watching that game. Harry, I'm sure you went alone in, in doing that. Uh, Breaver will probably fit the, the shirt better these days. Uh, he's pretty good, Nick. Yeah, I wouldn't mind betting that uh, probably is the case. Um, Brian says, uh, morning in. Gosh, what an emotional morning uh, with both shows shedding light on amazing memories. Just love the attitude and humility of Beaver and Richie. They are what makes us proud to be Kiwis. Absolutely spot on there too, Brian. Uh, Smithy, uh, 2011, we were bloody lucky. The ref was to... Uh, too scared to penalise us. The last 10 minutes uh, it was an awful watch. Richie deserved it, but Doucetois, however he spells it, <coughs> didn't deserve to lose. Uh, 2023 France for me. Can't wait for the odds. I hope we win, 
but I'm seeing enough from our. Uh, I'm not seeing enough from our forwards, or I am seeing enough from our forwards. Forwards win the games. Uh, backs decide by how much. Go the Stags. It's the Southland Stags. It could be the Central District Stags. No, Southland Stags. Uh, have a, a great weekend yourself. Uh, the Bay Ash could be a bridge too far. Without Ash, it could be a bridge too far. Well, they didn't have Ash last week, and they knocked over the Cantabs, didn't they? So they haven't to learn to live without them very quickly. But yes, who wouldn't miss? Who wouldn't miss Ash Dixon? Thanks uh, very much uh, for that, Dino. Uh, hey, Smithy, please make sure that there's plenty of tissues available for Beaver tomorrow. There's no way his Mulu boys are taking the shield from Ash's magnificent magpies. I'll be at the game in my usual seats with my mates mooing them off the field. Come on, the bay. That's full from Hastings. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, morning, Smithy. What do you think of the T20 pools uh, now that uh, Group 1 will, looks like it's going to include Bangladesh and Sri Lanka? Uh, well, that'd be tough. Um, and I'm not quite sure if um, a World Cup or a T20 or any World Cup, in fact, has been won by a qualifying team. In other words, a team that doesn't make it automatically. And they've had to do it the hard way, Bangladesh and Sri Lanka. If they get conditions, if they're drawn on pitches that suit them, every chance they're going to be capable of upsetting the more fancy teams. <laughs> Not very often these days that Sri Lanka have to qualify to get into a world tournament. They've had to go on the hard way, so they'll be pretty determined. Uh, Bangladesh, uh, well, we can see when uh, the ball spins, uh, sits up a wee bit, and it's a bit too paced how damn tough they can be throughout the 20 overs they bowl. Probably they will use 16 overs of spin. Uh, so that makes it very, very tough to beat them. Uh, thanks very much for your text so far this morning. We'll have another small opportunity uh, between 11 and 12. Uh, and also, around about 11.40, John, is it 11.40? We're going to make that decision. Uh, we're going to have a, a quick meeting off air. Brian, uh, JD, myself and Trudy uh, are going to decide that text, the winning text for the Temper Pillow and Trudy will make that announcement around about 11.40 this morning, so look out for that. From behind the stumps to behind the mic, you're in safe hands. It's Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. The loveracing.nz update. Your home for everything thoroughbred racing. Visit loveracing.nz, racing's biggest fan. <laughs> Oh, it gets exciting when you come to Friday before the Cox Plate. I have to say, it is just one of the great races. Uh, Louis said uh, yesterday that, uh, or the day before, he'd been there um, uh, for Winks. I have too. Uh, we've heard the horses' anthem. It's just been something special. Since chills down the spine, Louis, and it's not far away, mate. It's not far away. The valley's rocking and the world is knocking. It's Utopia. Oh, maybe we should just play clips from the uh, Cox Plate. Just forget me. We should just roll out just Matt Hill and iconic lines throughout the years. Smithy, it's just the best, isn't it? It's the best horses in the tight turning track. You need a horse that can stay, but you need a horse that can run that fast tempo as well. So it's that perfect in between. That's why you have to be an equine masterpiece to absolutely conquer the mountain, which is the Cox Plate. You don't accidentally win the Cox Plate. The names that have won it throughout the years, and tomorrow, well, we're going to get a first-time winner because Sir Dragonet um, unfortunately passed recently, uh, and we've got a bunch of horses that have deserved their spot here, and namely Very Elegant, nine-time 
Group 1 winner and Zaki, the up-and-comer who had stumbled last time, the young Animo who's the three-year-old freak of the field, could be a bit of anything. Then you've got Coulson Mav who represents New Zealand with Group 1 wait-for-age glory and probably if the rain stays away, I mean, she would have to be consistently one of Australia's best racehorses and, of course, New Zealand's best racehorse. So, look, it's a, it just sets up to be such an interesting battle. Look, we, you know, with, with Winks being so damn prominent in the event, we, we forget about the one they called the race of all time, um, don't we? Bone Crusher and Waverly Star and Bone Crusher racing into equine immortality, uh, as was the great call, a legendary call. Uh, that seems so long ago. And Bone Crusher races into wow. equine immortality. Nah, gets you going. Like, you just, you love every second. What about this one, Smithy? The champion mare is going to kill them. She's five in front, Sunline, and a piece of oh. racing history. Back-to-back cox plates for the champion mare, Sunline. She's won it by six lengths easily. Just brains them yeah. in 2000, yeah. back-to-back. I mean, you've got back-to-back cox plates for So You Think. Um, Savabile, the three-year-old to win it. And now, obviously, Waikato stud, friends of the station, the Chittics. I mean, Savabile has made them a lot of money, and rightly so. He's a champion mm. sire. This race is really is genuinely industry-defining. I mean, Winks had a, a mortgage on it, and look at the, the icon status she became. Um, throughout the years, Might and Power in 1998 when he then won the Cox Plate after the Caulfield and Melbourne Cup the years before, Smithy. It's just, it is truly the race of icons. So tomorrow, a new icon. I can't wait. Yeah, and uh, if on trivia wins, uh, we will not see you till what? Um, December. Next I year. Would imagine. Yeah, yeah, at least. Okay. All the best, man. All the best with that. Uh, I think I might have uh, a blood relation who's got a little interest in that too, somewhere along the line. Uh, moving straight across to. Brendan Popwell at the TAB, uh, smorgasbord BP, another shield challenge, uh, the Cox Plate. Uh, what's going to be your main focus? Even the All Blacks, uh, probably down the pecking order this weekend. What's your focus? Oh, gee, what's my focus? Uh, Cox Plate, Brentford Shield, Invitation, uh, and then All Blacks for, for breakfast on Sunday. I think that's everything we ask for. Then Labor Day Racing on Monday. Perfect, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, mate, it is, it is one of the golden weekends uh, to celebrate. Uh, just you're lucky, um, you know. Uh, you, you're not full time here, mate. You'd have to work both days, and you can't. I mean, you, the show's not on. You'd have great history at the Hawks Bay Show, I'm sure, pops as well. Uh, but but what have you? What have you got? What have you got from the TAB for us uh, in the next 24 hours at least, mate? I spend all my money trying to win things on those things that spin around and trying to pop them in holes, and I spend all my money doing that at the show. Um, what I can give you, Smithy, here's one for you. The North East, East Valley Invitational Lawn Bowls kicks off in two hours, and the Lawn Bowling Goat, Shannon McElroy, is fives into $3.50. He has won this tournament five times. He's won it the last two years. He's been a late inclusion. He was put into the market seven days ago, and all I can tell you, there has been a flood of money for Shannon McElroy to win the Lawn Bowls in the North East Valley Tournament. Want to get involved? It starts at 1 o'clock this afternoon. That might be a nice little weekend bet for you. Thanks, Pop. Have a great weekend. And I can tell you right now in Hawke's Bay, we are in the middle of an earthquake, believe it or not. We're shaking. Uh, 10.59 coming up to 11 o'clock. This is Mornings with Ian Smith. Well, Truth, I can, I can give you an update on the earthquake. In fact, we've got an update from uh, Tim in Christchurch. She says, I'm sitting in my car and it's wobbling. 
Um, and uh, my geo uh, app tells me uh, an earthquake of 5.4, which is quite healthy, 5.4 magnitude, uh, was uh, shaking around the uh, 35k southwest of Tamaranui, which is about 200k from Hawke's Bay. Okay, so um, yeah, 5.4. Uh, let's hope there's no damage or whatever, because it, it was a rock and rolling one, sort of not a real heavy jolt, but certainly uh, it did shake the bay. <coughs> so hopefully those people around the Tamaranui area are largely unaffected, but it was a decent go, a decent go. It felt as far south as Christchurch, so I hope uh, everyone is good by that. So that's cool. Uh, right, let's move on. Let's move on to uh, the business at hand, and the business at hand this weekend is women's football, um, because uh, not only the All Blacks uh, up there in North America are about to uh, undertake a, a game against the USA, but the football ferns have a much more difficult, much more difficult mission. Uh, they're up there to take on Canada, number sixth ranked team in the world at the moment, of course, Olympic champions. First game is uh, in Ottawa at uh, 8 o'clock on Sunday morning, at the same time the All Blacks kick off actually, and the second, uh, 12.30 uh, on Wednesday in Montreal, and uh, Narelle Sindis joins us from Wellington this morning, of course, News Hub reporter and football host on Sky Sport. Now, Narelle, would you, would you just felt an earthquake or not? I actually have. I thought it was a truck maybe driving past my car because I'm also sat in like my parked car. And then hearing you talk about the earthquake, it probably was that. How long ago was it then? About 10, 15 minutes ago? I was less than that. It was uh, around about right. five minutes ago. About five oh minutes God, ago, yeah. Narelle. Yeah, so, wow. Uh, I'm, <laughs> yeah. It was a decent one, 5.4, so uh, hopefully uh, all is good down there in the Wellington area as well. Um, hey, look, this yeah. is exciting uh, for the football ferns, isn't it? I mean, and it's a tough task. The All Blacks are going to have a walkover, but Canada, at home, at the moment, uh, it's a really, really tough one. Uh, no, I think I know what one you'll be watching, though, Smithy. Um, but, I mean, yeah, there's no better test than, I guess, to test yourself against the best in the world, and, I guess, you know, Canada Olympic gold medalist, it's going to be... A pretty hard task, especially with a new coach. And six uncapped players have been called in because, of course, they can't take any Australian or New Zealand-based players due to border restrictions. But I'm really excited. I'm not necessarily uh, that confident on getting a result, but I think the occasion more so is what I'm actually buzzing for. I, uh, I spoke to the new coach, Yitka Klimkova, the morning she got announced. So I ended up chatting to her, I think, 10 o'clock, her time and um, I think she was in Czech Republic or something at that point and I was expecting her to be completely over like interviews and stuff and instead she's like hi Narelle like really really enthusiastic and she's one of those people you just feel like she's looking straight through you and everything you say she found super interesting and she almost started interviewing me Smithy so I just got a really good vibe from her I don't get that vibe from a lot of coaches but I did from her. Narelle um Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe she's the first head coach, female head coach uh, for the football fans. I think we've had assistant coaches, women assistant coaches around the scenes, etc. So this is a really, a really, in today's society and uh, the way we're heading, etc. Uh, this is a, a, a huge step, but a really exciting one too with uh, Jitka taking control. It is, yeah. I think she's the first full-time women's head coach and they signed her on a six-year deal so that's right up until the 2027 Women's World Cup and of course you've got another Olympics in the mix so New Zealand football are really investing in her big time. Um, she's not a complete stranger though, she coached uh, the under-17s for a bit, was assistant to the football ferns a few years ago so she has been in and around the traps and understands the New Zealand football system which I think is such an important thing at the moment. They haven't had the best run of coaches lately, apart from 
Tom Samani, who we miss dearly, but I also get the impression that she it's almost going to be a clean slate, and forgive the Love Island reference, but she's not scared to step on people's toes. She's not going to give, I guess, places in the starting lineup to the people who have been there the longest. So even the captaincy is up for grabs again. So I'm really excited to see, I guess, what she brings and how she can get the football firms playing and I guess give opportunities to some players that probably have deserved it in the past and due to the border restrictions, that's why you're going to see so many new young faces. So I think it's a good chance for them to really state their claim for a starting spot as well, pushing towards that home World Cup. Okay, so let's look at that squad of 22. As you mentioned, there are six new caps uh, amongst it. Who are you looking forward to see stepping out, given the opportunity? I'm really looking forward to seeing Amelia Abbott. So she's a midfielder, and she was part of that under-17 squad who won bronze at the World Cup in Uruguay. Um, She also scored a goal which was nominated for goal of the tournament. So she's another one who's been in that American college system. So I'm really excited to see, I guess, her really step up to that next level. Uh, so I'm hoping that she gets a run in. I'm hoping that she doesn't let, I guess, the pressure and the occasion get to her because it is such a big thing and she probably wouldn't have had this chance for another few years, probably until after the World Cup if border restrictions weren't in place. So I think it's almost a blessing in disguise, as bad as that sounds and as understrength as it may be. I also see the good side of it as well. Okay, let's uh, uh, the, the experienced names. I can uh, looking down the squad. Uh, you know, I can see Erin Naylor there. I, I can see Ali Riley. Um, um, you know, as you say in the midfield, there's still some depth. Rhea Percival, uh, and then uh, up front, I'm looking at, at Rosie White. Uh, so the, the experienced names there that we've depended on uh, for quite some time are still apparent. But who who will be um, going forward? Who will be, we be missing the most, perhaps, in that squad? Going forward, I think Hannah Wilkinson, she's such a big mm. physical presence. So she's one, She's actually in Northland at the moment. So she's just signed with Melbourne City in the W League. So she's come back from Europe to kind of resettle herself in, I guess, this side of the world, ahead of the World Cup. But I think she'll be hugely missed. And um, you mentioned Rosie White. I don't know if you remember, Smithy, but she was one of the ones who was unavailable for the Olympics. It was her and Rebecca mm. Stott. They both actually had, like, serious medical conditions. So... Rosie's got hers under control, so it's great to see her back and, I guess, back to full fitness because she was sorely missed at the Olympics. Uh, but someone else who, whose name's not on that squad sheet at all is defender Abby Ersteg. Now, she is involved in that, I guess, that big scandal in America in terms of their women's football. So her coach at North Carolina, now her ex-coach, Paul Riley, was sacked because he was um, alleged to have, I guess, conducted sexual misconduct towards the players and stuff, and Abby's the captain of that team. So you can imagine the toll that not only it's taken on her, but the whole league. So she's actually made herself unavailable for personal reasons. So that's a huge loss in itself. And I do hope that she's okay, though. I can't imagine going through something like that with your boss. No, I can't either. I, I absolutely can't. In fact, you oh, know, the oh. fact that she's, she's uh, you know, she has turned down an opportunity to play uh, and such an uh, you know, important occasion for us, and, and bearing in mind we have so few matches on our schedule, uh, that just yeah, shows so how deeply she is. Yeah. Like, not hardly yeah. any travel, you know, which you don't really get for a football fan campaign. So I was really, really shocked to see that. But I do think well, she'll be back hopefully sooner rather than later, and hopefully the football fans secure some matches in the November window as well. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. That would be great news. Uh, but uh, at home, closer to home, 
uh, even greater news is uh, the Wellington Phoenix women's team is really now starting to take I shape, know. which is it, it's it's great. It's absolutely fantastic. I look forward to some of those great double headers when we can get back to normal, etc. Wouldn't that be a great day out at the football? Um, but what about the, the squad, the depth that are starting to build, the names that are starting to get added to that list? Yeah, well, I can't believe that it's actually happening, Smithy. I mean, it's been talked about for so many years, and it's actually super exciting. So they they named their first signing early in the week, and then I guess the signings come thick and fast. But the first one, actually, Lily Alfeld, she's a goalkeeper. I actually went to Lincoln High School with her, so me and her go way back. So I was very, very happy for her. Um, but she's an excellent shot stopper. She played for Perth in the W League last season, which was her first, I guess, professional campaign. And I think it was like maybe four or five weeks she got voted for save of the round. So very, very easy in terms of looking for highlights for her to put together when she was announced. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, I think she's going to be absolutely key for them. And I'd even think she'd be a shout to be captain, to be honest. So, yeah, awesome. Just watch out for her. You can't miss her. Uh, a few other ones. Chloe Not she played in the New Zealand Women's League for Northern Lights. So, She's super experienced as well. And you've got the youngsters like Grace Wisniewski, who was also part of the bronze medal squad. So super, super young squad. But I think they're only going to learn one way, and that's by playing matches. So I think this first year, they're not really setting any crazy expectations on themselves just to go out there and, I guess, find their feet and find their identity as a team. How damn cool for the development of women's football, though. That's the thing for me. And I, I think it's going to reflect in... Uh... Uh, the higher the higher level uh, pretty quickly with all, all that experience and that competitive nature week after week basically. Oh, absolutely! I think you're going to have more people putting their hands up for those football fern spots. And I was talking to someone during the week actually, and you know, obviously the 2023 World Cup is jointly hosted, but the Matildas, the Australian national team, they're almost like superheroes and royalty in Australia. And I mean. You go around the country, I don't think you'd find many people who could name you at least one player for the football ferns. So I think that whole, I guess, name it needs to change. And the only way I see that changing, as harsh as it sounds, is if the football ferns start winning matches. That's how you get people on board, isn't it, Smith? You know, you've been around, you've seen teams fail and you've seen them succeed. And I guess one of the main reasons why that is is they get results and they build a following, you get fans on board. And we do want New Zealand to turn out for that home World Cup, especially if Overseas fans can't make it. Oh, I, I, it's going to be great, absolutely great, uh, and we do need a, a, a really creditable performance from the home side. Mm. Speaking of fans, uh, you're a Liverpool fan. You're not Spurs, <laughs> you're Liverpool fan. How, how the hell did you get that? And, and what are you making of Liverpool? They, what they beat Atletico Madrid three two on Wednesday. Um, a pretty good comeback uh, in, in that game, scoring a late winner. So, uh, Liverpool, how, why, and what do you reckon? Well, I mean, as you know, I'm super biased, but I mean, Mo Salah, he's the best in the world right now. And I think that's one of the reasons why we are doing as well as we are, is because of him. He can turn uh, something out of nothing, basically. I mean, I don't know if you've seen the last few goals he scored in the Premier League. He's had about three or four defenders on him. And there's like screenshots going around thinking like, there's no way he scores from there. And he does. So I think he's, he's definitely carrying us this season, but... Liverpool, I mean, they're kind of cruising through the Champions League, aren't they? Can't say the same for everybody else. But Premier League also, I mean, it's definitely early days and I don't want to get ahead of myself, but definitely title contenders. Matthew, who's your football team? I'm a Spurs. Uh, we got beat this morning, I think, in the, champ, uh, in the associate, the Europa oh, Champions yes, League. Uh, yes, that I don't division. bother watching that, I'm afraid. 
Oh, it's but way below your status, I guess. Yeah. Um, listen, here's Liverpool Man U, Monday morning, 4.30 a.m. Oh, 4.30. Oh, okay. I'll probably get up for that one because it's a, it's a public holiday here, even though I have to work. But that should be, oh, that should be a great match, hey? Ronaldo, I mean, I, I, I was hoping he wouldn't be as good as what he has been in the past, and I hope maybe he'd get there and he'd flop or something, but he just hasn't, has he? I mean, even in the cha- in the Champions League, popping up with that winner the other morning, and, oh, I just, yeah, it's going to be pretty cool to see Ronaldo up against Salah, actually. If he's two of the best, go head to head. Uh, and before we um, we let you go, uh, Nirel, please, uh, an update on where you think the, the Wellington Phoenix men's team are uh, shaping up for the A-League this season. Um, uh, they're mm. heading off, I think, to Australia pretty shortly, aren't they, for another long stint away by the look of it? Yeah, so I think they've locked in the 1st of November to head over because that's when, I guess, New South Wales are getting rid of their quarantine. So they were going to go at the end of October, but they're actually going to wait a few more days just so they don't have to do that quarantine. But to be frank, Smithy, like, their team is not shaping up at all well. Uh, I guess losing their captain, Stephen Taylor, a few weeks ago, you probably remember that whole debacle going down. It was just an awful situation. So they haven't really replaced him in terms of the standard that he leads. And also Elisa Stavila, so he was the captain last season, the Mexican maestro. They really haven't recruited for him as well. They, they definitely need a few good imports to come in and really bolster their team. And I think last week they had a, a, pre, a pre-season game against a Wellington local team, they only just managed to field a starting 11 because of injuries and they've got players stuck in Australia. Some of them are stuck in Europe and the Middle East. So until they come together in Australia, it's, it's, yeah, it's super hard to tell. But I mean, just from what I've seen from the last few weeks, I think they're pretty far from where they need to be at this point. Um, and obviously the season starts and I think just under a month is, is the Phoenix first game against MacArthur mm. FC, so that's going to be a real real tough challenge first time up as well. Just be, uh, could we, could we, as we say goodbye to you, Narelle, thank you very, very much for your input this morning. I love uh, finding out more about um, the football ferns as well. Uh, you couldn't uh, take us out on the chorus of You'll Never Walk Alone, could you? Uh, oh, how about, how about, sing along. Sing along, Narelle, sing along. Are you going to sing? I'm hearing you, I'm hearing you, Narelle. Oh, How are you doing this to me on a Friday? Wow. Are you ready? <laughs> yeah. How long we Here got? Here you go, Narelle. This is Narelle Sindos, everybody. I'm not a singer. Beautiful, beautiful, Narelle, Jerry and the Jerry and the Jerry and the pacemakers would be proud of you. Thank you very much for your input this morning. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Missy. <laughs> Cheers. Goodbye. Goodbye. Uh, great fun there, Narelle Sindos, and loves her football. Absolutely loves her football and knows a whole lot about it too. Speaking of people knowing a whole lot about things, how about Michael Guerin in the harness racing industry? Uh, that's coming up next here on SCNZ. On SCNZ. So 11.23 here on uh, SCNZ. Mick uh, Guerin will be coming to us uh, after uh, 11.30. He's got uh, a prior engagement with one of our sister stations in Australia. So he'll be with us uh, just after 11.30, which gives us a chance, John, to 
a catch-up with the NPC tipping competition for the ham, the Christmas ham, and it's getting close, I can taste it, but I had a hiccup last weekend, didn't I? Did you close the gap on me? Yeah, yeah, I did, Smithy. Um, yeah, I, I mostly picked the favourites, and you, you're you hard to pick, actually. Um, but last weekend, yep, Northland-Otago was the Friday night game. You picked Northland because they'd have a tough... Tough time away from home and you thought they'd rally, but that didn't quite happen at Rotorua. Otago beat them 24-13. And then the Naki against Waikato, which was quite close. You went for Waikato for the upset there in Tauranga, but it was the Naki who got up and I went with them. And then the one you did get right, um, Hawke's Bay. Just absolutely thrashed Canterbury, put on a clinic. They're looking so good. I picked Canterbury for some reason, uh, so I lost one there. And then Manawatu, you went the turbos against Wellington. Wellington did a job on them. And then the non-MPC game, uh, which was uh, really interesting. It's basically a a Tasman development team against the Steamers development team. uh, And Tasman won that one in the second half. So I got four out of five, you got two out of five. So it Mm. means you're on 24 out of 36, and I'm on 23 out of 36. So there is three rounds to go and some semi-finals and a final. So still plenty of rugby to be played, Smithy. You've got a lead of one. Do you want me to pick first this week? Yeah, go. go. All right. Tonight, Otago-Canterbury. I love these games. They're my favourite games growing up as a kid. The South Island Derby. Oh, it's in Dunedin, under the roof. I'm going Canterbury again. I just think Reuben Thorne's under a lot of pressure. They've mixed up their team a little bit this week. Actually, brought in Sam Dixon, the seven specialist. He's going to make his debut for Canterbury in the Red and Blacks. Jack Debrasini. It's a bit of a name blast from the past. Very um, accomplished playmaker. I think Canterbury get it done under the roof tonight, Smithy. What do you reckon? Yeah, I'm with you, actually. I think there's desperate times called for desperate measures. And they are desperate. And Reuben Thorne is uh, under the pump, so... I totally agree with you there, but I think it'll be really close. I mean, I'm just going to cover you here on this one because I'm unsure. Um, so there you go. If I had a lead of three, I probably wouldn't might have risked Otago. But now that it's uh, been cut down to just one, I'm going to I'm going to cover you and cover myself here with Canterbury. But uh, we could both lose quite comfortably. Both lose that game. Yeah, Otago are good under the roof. They've got some great playmakers. So then on Saturday at 2:05 in Inglewood. Taranaki, the beacon, the shining beacon of the NPC, unbeaten still against Manawatu. There's only one way to go here for me, the Amber and Blacks. I just think the Turbos were impressive at the start of the season, but haven't had Aaron Smith lately, haven't had that mojo that they heard in the earlier rounds, and the Naki are just really strong, a massive beast, I thought. Maybe without a chance of promotion anymore, they wouldn't have much to play for, but I think they want to go through unbeaten and prove a point to everyone that they should be a premiership side, Smithy. So I see the Naki winning tomorrow, Arvo. I can hear Neil Barnes's team talk now. Yeah, okay, yeah. so that's good enough for me. I shall take Taranaki too. Thanks, John. I don't even. I'll just listen to Barnsey um, and his uh, his feelings about the whole matter. Uh, and I don't. I think think that uh, is going to let them take their foot off the, the brake for any particular reason. They will be up for that, and I think uh, the neighbour might be suffering because of it. Yeah, absolutely agree. Uh, the non-competition game this weekend is Wellington against Southland and Porirua. Um, Southland sound like they're going to send up their best team. Wellington, who knows what you put out, maybe treat it like a rest week and put out a development team. So I like Tony Lamborn this morning, and I like his determination. I think they're going to put out their best team. So I think the Stags get their first win of the season against Wellington in a non-competition game at 4.35 in Porirua tomorrow. Smithy, there we go. Okay, good luck, Stags. A long way from Stags, uh, Stags country to Porirua, I can promise you that. So here's the thing. 
uh, Wellington will win that game for me. Wellington will win that game slightly away from home, but not far. So they win. Come on, Wellington. It doesn't mean anything. Rest all your players. Let the Stags have a win. All right, and the big game. This is the game of the weekend. It's the Shield. It's on the line again. Hawks Bay are just irresistible in their form. Waikato, you heard Stephen Donald talking them down. He'd give uh, the Magpies a 40-point head start, he was saying, Smithy. Um, I don't think the Mulus win. I think the Magpies keep it for another year and just keep on this brilliant Shield reign that they're on. One of the great Shield reigns of modern times. So Hawks Bay for me on Saturday night. Smithy, are you going to be there? Yeah, um, I'm on deck with Izzy, and um, I think uh, Nisbo's coming up as well from Wellington to call the game. So uh, looking forward to it. We were the lucky combination uh, as commentators that knocked over Tasman. Oh, I had to bring it up. Had to bring it up. Yeah, had to bring it up. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to that, John, absolutely. And I, of course, will stay with... um, uh, with the Magpie, I'll stay with the Magpie. So yeah, uh, so we've only got one point of difference, and that's the non-championship game this weekend. Well, we've got so, a Sunday game uh, too, Smithy. We've got. Um, oh, you want to play? Oh, yeah, okay, mate. Right. I know it's the Lord's Day, but we will uh, bet on it. Um, Bay of Plenty, hugely emotional week for them. Um, really feel for that squad, man. Um, and they're taking on Northland two hundred five and Tauranga on Sunday. Um, yeah, it's going to be difficult to get up for that, but I think they will. I- I'm going the Steamers to beat the Tanifa. Yep, I am too. Um, not that I want to cover you, I just think for emotional reasons, um, they won't. he won't need to say too much. Um, he just won't. Daryl yep. Gibson, yep. his head coach, he won't need to say too much. Uh, it's all been said and felt during the week, uh, and I think when they cross that white line, they'll be very, very hard to beat, and for that reason particularly, and they're at home as well, just by the by, uh, and they're at Northland's new home, just by the by. So yeah. that's the way I, I, I think about it at the moment. And, uh, of course, on that note, uh, we pass on our sympathies once again to uh, the whānau of Sean Wainui and all his close friends and teammates. Very, very emotional weekend. I would imagine in uh, the NPC there will be a minute silence uh, all around the, the place, every game, and so there should be as well. Uh, so, John, uh, yeah, okay, so really speaking, we're pretty close in our thoughts this week, um, and uh, we shall do a review of it uh, next week and just see where we're at as the competition comes closer towards an end. 1130. 1130 here on SENZ. You know what that means, don't you? Uh, it's time to stump Smithy. The lines are already lighting up. Your chance to get 50 bucks from the TAB to spend over this long weekend. Ian Smith's had a good match here. Stumped by Smithy. Ian Smith really is top class at his job. I'm excited by this. We're heading to the place in New Zealand with maybe the second most famous fizzy drink. We'll have to See, Pyroa or Foxton? I'm not sure which one's more famous, LMP or Foxton Fizz. What do you reckon, Chris? Oh, Foxton Fizz by a mile. We export it. <laughs> yeah, mate. Yeah, but what's your favourite flavour? Oh, well, I don't know, Blackberry. Blackberry, yeah, and that glass bottle. It's just a beautiful product, isn't it? A beautiful part of New Zealand. Um, do you know how the game works? You get three sporting categories. You choose one, get three questions right. You win 50 bucks from the TAB as well as the Sleep Drops Daytime Revive, New Zealand's only specialist range of sleep and stress support supplements. But if you get one wrong, Smithy yep. can stump you. Thank you, Dave. All right, then, Chris from Foxton. Your categories are rugby union, basketball and golf. Which one tickles your fancy? Oh, I'll go with uh, golf. Golf again. Smithy has a great track record on golf, so we'll see how you go. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, I can tell you're fizzing anyway, so we'll get stuck in. 
First question. Two men's golfers have reached world number one status in the rankings without winning a major. Name one of them. Um, oh, uh, let's see. Uh, oh, I know this. Um, yeah, winning one of them. I'd have to go... Oh, I'm trying to think of this guy's name. It's um, tough under pressure. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I have to pass on that one. All right. One of the worst things I have ever seen done on a cricket field. All right, Smithy, who reached number one without winning a major? There's two of them. Well, I got, yeah, I'm I'm thinking of two names, actually. I should know this, but I'm not 100% confident. I'm thinking either Lee Westwood or I'm thinking Ricky Fowler. So um, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with Ricky Fowler. One of the worst things I have ever seen done on a cricket field. Should have gone Lee Westwood, Smithy, because he was one of the answers, and the other one was Luke Donald. So either Luke Donald or Lee Westwood. Man, it was right there. You had a 50-50, but you missed the bail. So, Chris, you're still alive, mate. (laughs) Question number two. Which Swedish golfer who retired in 2008 with 94 international titles, including 10 majors, is widely regarded as the best ever female golfer? Um, oh, do I go, have to go Lydia Go. <laughs> one of the worst things I have ever seen done on a cricket field. Oh, that is one of the worst things yeah. I've ever heard on Stump by Smithy. Uh, she hasn't retired in 2008, she isn't Swedish, and she hasn't won 94 international titles or 10 majors, Lydia Co. but this person has, Smithy. Yeah. Chris, my advice to you is you go and get a nice bottle of, of Blackberry Fizz. <laughs> Reflect on that answer you just given to us. Lydia Ko from Sweden. Um, try, Anna, try Annika Sorenstam. Just a couple of chips down the wicket. Right in the slot and away it goes. You have been stumped, Chris. Yeah. Okay, mate. Sorry about all that. Uh, no, nah, mate, we loved category. it. We loved it. We loved it, mate. And keep on calling. Try again next week. And we've got Callum Barnaby. What a fantastic name from West Auckland, though. That sounds like more of a Parnell kind of name, Callum. How are you? Yeah, good, mate. Yourself? Yeah, very well. How do you go with golf? Yeah, yeah not too bad. I have my moments. All right. Yeah, all right. One question for all the glory for the sleep drops and for the 50 bucks from the TAB. Who became the all first right. European player to score what is now a maximum of five points in a single Ryder Cup in 2018? Um, oh. Are you tapping away on Google? Hey. I just thought Molinari. Molinari. Just yep. a couple of chips down the wicket, right in the slot, <laughs> and away it goes. Francesco Molinari, Smithy. You would have heard. You would have known that. But did you hear that tapping away on a keyboard in the background? I'm just a bit no, concerned. We had a Google there. I, I just thought it was a Kia or a Blackbird out there and, and tapping away at his window. So uh, there we go. So uh, Callum, congratulations to you. He was part of the. Uh, Mollywood, wasn't he? Um, Molinari and Fleetwood were the great combination back in 2018. They were almost unbeatable. So, yeah. Hey, Francesco Molinari, good luck, uh, Callum. Well done. That means you have got 50 bucks with the TAB vouchers. Stay on the line. Stay on the line. Brian will get your details. Okay? Uh, Well done. Have a great weekend, too. Great long weekend. Uh, John, we've got a bit of business to do yet. We've got Michael Guerin to talk to. Uh, We've got to announce the winner, too, of the Temper Pillow. 
Um, and we've got to get to staff. So what's our order of play, please? What's yeah, order we've got of a play? lot going on here, don't we? We're going to take a break. Michael Guerin and then take another break. And just before staff announce the uh, text of the week, $299 pillow from Temper. And Trudy will read out that brilliant text of the week. Okay, that's what we're doing, folks. We'll be back shortly. Dead. It's uh, coming up to uh, 11.43 here on SENZ. Uh, time now to uh, quickly check in with uh, our trotting expert, Michael Guerin, of course, hosts a number of radio shows uh, for us over the weekend. Uh, tonight, Michael, they are racing at Alexandra Park, and then on Sunday, quite a big day, Cambridge and Invercargill as well. So busy. It's a busy time, it's a busy. Uh, big hi to you and all the SENZ listeners around the country. Um, also, we have a massive meeting on Monday out of Ashburton. It's one of the major lead-ups to the New Zealand Cup. Smithy, New Zealand Cup's now just around the corner, two and a half weeks. Um, before we get into the halves, breaking news coming out of Melbourne. Call sign Mag, the Hawks Bay superstar, is being cleared to start in the Cox Plate tomorrow. He was under vet examination yesterday, failed the first one, nothing major, just a bit sore on the feet. Uh, had a vet examination minutes ago and has been cleared to start in the Cox Plate, which is good news and good luck to him and John Barry and the team. Mm. Back to the harness racing. Now, tonight, Smithy, we have a lead-up to that New Zealand Cup, which, as I said, is two and a half weeks away. And I think there's a sneaky chance for the punters to have a bet here, Smithy. Copy, that's the favourite, and he's off 30 metres. Maybe he can still win. But I think bad to the bone gets his chance to get in front of Copy Dat, circle the field, and potentially have his best chance of winning. He hasn't been seen in front in a race since last November. And the last time he did lead in a race, he won. So it's a lead-up to the New Zealand Cup. I'm not sure they'll overdrive Copy Dat. And they may not be willing to attack if bad to the bone gets to the lead. So race seven tonight at quarter past eight, Bad to the bone, starting to look a nice little each-way chance at around $4, copy that, the danger. Then the open-class horses move to Ashburton on Monday, where self-assured is a very dominant favourite for their big cup. Uh, it's an afternoon meeting Monday, so Labor Day afternoon meeting, so don't be expecting night trotting. And they have a massive trotting race down there as well as a massive pacing race. So huge weekend, Smithy. There'll be a lot of movement in the markets uh, for that IRT New Zealand Cup, which is now just 18 days away over the course of the weekend. And interesting to see how we're feeling about things uh, as we start to get the grim reality that we're not going to have a crowd on Cup Day, Smithy, which is really disappointing. I know you've been there before. It's a very special mm. occasion. We're going to be down there for the week doing our best to keep people informed via SENZ. But, yeah, real shame, Smithy. I know it's not huge in the scheme of the world because worse things have happened. But for the people involved in racing, it's a, it's a little bit of a blow. Yeah, the glory days, um, I recall well, recall uh, yourself and uh, and Greg and your, your fellow hosts, etc., sitting on the infield, looking back at, at the, the main stand as it was back in those days. Uh, yeah, um, surrounded by atmosphere and people, uh, you're going to have to make your own fun, Mike. Yeah, they are. There'll be 1,200 people there. Um, they might loosen a touch, but the problem is they can get people there to the racetrack, but they've got to keep them a metre apart. And as you know, Smithy, when you're back at winner with your mates, staying a metre apart is not easy. There's a lot of hugging and high-fiving goes on at the races. So 
everybody's going to do their bit. Um, Tim Mills is doing his bit out of Rickerton as well. On the harness racing front, if you're looking for a little bit of a bet tonight, I, I think it's not a bad night to have a bet. Uh, always bet responsibly. ECNZ doesn't encourage betting, but we encourage you being smart. Um, horse in race four called Be My Rose is $4. It's going to be awfully hard to beat. And for those who have never had a Cornella, you're thinking to yourself, you've got $10 in your account and you're thinking you want a Cornella. Here's what you do in race two tonight. You box up numbers two, five, and seven in a Cornella and give yourself a little chance at a winner there. Heading forward to Monday, I like Bolt for Brilliance out of Ashburton. I think he gets his chance in the major mile. And anybody looking for a little bit in Cambridge on Sunday, there's a horse there called Monkey Selfie that produces its best. It's going to be awfully hard to beat. So lots of places to have a dollar, along with all the good galloping action this weekend, Smitty. We'll talk about it tomorrow morning from 8 o'clock. Louis Herman Watt and I on the mail run will have James McDonald, uh, David Allison rejoining us, Jamie Richards, John Barry, who trains callside, and Tony Pike, who leads the premiership. And then at lunchtime, 12 o'clock on Sunday, we'll have Trot's Talk to talk about what's happened so far the weekend on Sunday, but also what's going to happen on Monday out of Ashburton. So SENZ Smithy has you covered for all the racing information. And very shortly, I'm expecting some big announcements on our coverage for Cup Week down there in Christchurch and how we're going to try and help people get involved from afar. Good on you, Michael Guerin there, uh, one of our... Uh, very, very best um, uh, experts on racing of both codes, harness racing, thoroughbred racing, and uh, Mick, of course, uh, is with us uh, tomorrow morning, as he said, mail run, trot stalk on Sunday, uh, and he has got some great information, some seriously great information, uh, and he's uh, brought to us as well in this segment, courtesy of New Zealand Harness Racing. Uh, if you want to get involved in the industry, it's quite simple. Visit hrnz.co.nz. Uh, when we come back, uh, the tempo winner for the week, and Staffy.